folks. Welcome back to the We Didn't Peak podcast. It's me, Chance Nichols, your host. We are going to do the fastest intro of all time, and I do mean that this week because I'm not sure if you looked at how long this episode is. It's a doozy. It is a it is a long interview, but let me tell you something. I listened to the whole thing. I was a part of the whole thing when it originally happened. You're going to want to stick around for the whole thing. This one is a special episode. It is uh, something that I'm going to look back on whenever uh, my guest today is dead, and uh, I'm going to listen to it and think of him fondly. So yeah, please, uh, please stick around for the whole interview. We have a very good time. We get into a lot of very fun stuff. But uh, yeah, we're going to do the quickest intro of all time today. Not much to report. Not much to report in the world. It's fucking hot uh, outside. The summer months are here, and that's awesome. That's very awesome, and I love it. I will be at Haha ha Comedy Club tomorrow night. Uh, tomorrow night as in Tuesday. That is Tuesday, June 29th. Yeah, Tuesday, June 29th. I'll be performing uh, at the Haha ha Comedy Club in North Hollywood here in Los Angeles at 8 o'clock. Please get your tickets at hahacomedyclub.com to come and see me. That would be very cool of you to do. Uh, the Haha ha is a great venue. Uh, they're doing indoor shows again, which is fun. I will also be... Uh, uh, come check out uh, the Sh- uh, Comedy Chateau. That is another venue that I've been performing at uh, sporadically. I'll uh, probably get some more dates and like official things locked down to plug uh, at some point soon. But yeah, come by the Comedy Chateau. That's another uh, awesome uh, venue down there in the valley uh, doing really cool shows. And yeah, oh wow, live comedy is back. Isn't that a little bit of fun? Doesn't that rock? Please get out of your house. Please just fuck yes, just leave the house. Buy a ticket. Pay for parking. Parking's free, I think, if you find a neighborhood spot in the area. Just come and enjoy. Come and laugh. Remember what it's like to laugh. I sure do remember what it's like to laugh because I recently saw the Fast and the Furious 9 twice. I watched that movie twice in one week. Holy shit. Run, don't walk. Rather, drive, don't walk. Whether your uh, whether you your town doesn't have a movie theater or your movie theater is a quarter mile away, get your ass to the big screen and watch F Nine, a movie not about keyboards. Funny enough, some people left our screening uh, about ten minutes in because they all were convinced that this was about the F Nine key on a keyboard. <laughs> I've been thinking about that joke all week. Uh, all right, so uh, we're going to do the questions, comments, and concerns right now. Uh, like I said, we are, we're cooking through this intro. This is going to be the shortest intro uh, literally ever. I'm only going to do one. Uh, I, I haven't had it up for very long, so we didn't get a ton, which is good because we're only going to do one of them, uh, and that is – we've got one. Uh, the, only que- the, uh, the only questions, comments, and concerns that we're going to do today is this. It is just buttholes, question mark. I have a I love I have a love hate relationship with my butthole, and I'll tell you why. I uh, the about a week before I moved to Chicago, leaving college, I uh, had my first bout with what's called hemorrhoids. Hemorrhoids, for those of you that don't know, they're like uh, little bags of blood that fill your butthole. I, that's how it's been explained to me, at least. And uh, so, 
yeah, it makes it makes the entire sitting and shitting experience very not fun. And once you get them once, they kind of uh, reoccur. So uh, shout out to all my fellow folks out there that suffer from hemorrhoids. I see you. I love you. I believe in you. I'll buy you some baby wipes to put next to the toilet paper on your toilet because we all know that's, uh, that's a better option sometimes. Very personal information being shared today, which is very appropriate because of my guest today. Holy shit, y'all. He is not only probably the podcast's number one fan, number one friend of the podcast, also probably the most referenced person we've had on the show. So, uh, goddamn, you know him, you love him, you've heard about him at the very least. I'm, of course, referring to my buddy Caleb Austin Doyle, or as I just call him, Doyle, because you see we had uh, another friend also named Caleb. Doyle rolls off the tongue better than Heron. I don't know. What do you want from me? But uh, yeah, he's my guest today. We get into some very fun, uh, very per- uh, personal. Some ve- We do get into some personal stuff, uh, mostly just cool old war stories from starting out doing comedy together, what he's up to these days, uh, where he's come, where he came from, where he's at, and where he's going. So, yeah, uh, please enjoy this very, uh, this extended episode. We don't get to see each other often, he and I, so I, uh, I didn't want to put any sort of time constraints on it because he is one of my best friends in the entire world. I love him to death, and uh, we, we, really, uh, we really get into it, as they say in this episode. So, let's, uh, without further ado, get straight to it. As always, please hit that subscribe button wherever you are listening to this, uh, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or some lesser app. It helps uh, you to stay up to date with new episodes, and it helps grow the show. So, it really is a win-win. And then uh, follow us on Instagram at We Didn't Peak. Like us on Facebook uh, at We Didn't. Uh, it's just just type in We Didn't Peak with Chance Nichols. That you don't have to at on Facebook because it's the boomer uh, social media now. But anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, like us on all the social medias. Follow me at Chances Loud. Doyle doesn't really have much of a social media presence because, as he notes early in the the episode, he's like a non-entertainment industry person. So uh, he'll he'll plug his shit at the end, but it, it, you got to really listen because it's real short. So, uh, yeah, let's do this, folks. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy my chat. Also, yeah, shortest intro ever. Go us. Enjoy my chat with the one... The only Caleb Doyle. Enjoy. Right here. Betwixt my my breasts. (laughs) Well, we've started. Oh, good. (laughs) He's talking about where he's putting the microphone. Wow. Well, this is a long time coming. Um, yeah. Well, the podcast hasn't been around that long, but yes. All right. Well, uh, it was great to see you again, man. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I'm gonna head out. Wow, uh, you 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 very well might be the most mentioned guest in the history of this show. I love that. I yeah. love when I when I hear my name. Obviously, you, so here's the problem: you love when you hear your name, but what do you not love when you hear your impression of me? You don't think it's accurate, which is like Eric Cartman, but worse. <laughs> but kind of fun. It's like me, me, me. That's how you sound. I think, and this is one of the things we'll probably get into, um, you got a lot of angry Doyle. Yeah, who, yeah, who yeah, doesn't, yeah, yeah. Who isn't, who, who doesn't really exist anymore. Right, which is good. Because of 
medication <laughs> right. and therapy <laughs> and, and much work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess I, I could see where the Cartman impression comes from. Yeah, because it's not how you always sound. Like you, you, always, you like this is your normal speaking voice. Right. But there, there would be there was a gear that you could shift into. It's <laughs> <was> just <laughs> yeah. like, oh well, I guess we just did it. <laughs> yeah, and it didn't sound like that. But sure, <laughs> sure. Well, it was like uh, I can remember one specific example. Uh, some friends were visiting us right after we had like recently moved to Chicago, and we went yeah. to the Sears Tower. To try to go up to the top and like look, <laughs> yeah. and, which we had done the last time we were in town, no problem. They're just like, oh yeah, you can go up the elevator and look out the windows. Like there's a restaurant up there, and we get there, and the little girl at the at like the host stand that by the elevators was like, hi, do you have a reservation or something or whatever? And we were like, no, we just wanted to go upstairs and look. And she went, oh yeah, you can't really do that. And then you proceeded to, no. you were like, oh no, yeah, we can. <laughs> because <laughs> we did right and, well, wasn't wrong. and you said uh i remember whenever she like officially sent us away you were like yeah it must be some new training <laughs> and you turned and like sprinted out the door must be a new policy <laughs> i like that the first story that everyone's hearing about me is me being <laughs> shitty to uh, someone making minimum wage right. a teenager <laughs> in chicago correct correct well, uh, how are how what are you uh, what are you up to these days? How's how's old old the old mighty Mississippi? I was going to ask this, and I know um, you did a couple episodes this weekend. Am I the first non-entertainment person on the show? Um, I think so, and probably will be one of the only one of I mean, the, one of the few, the proud. Everybody the in your world is is entertainment. Um, yeah. St. Louis is cool. St. Louis is good. Um, you know, I think everyone's crawling out of Pandizzi, Pandizzle. Be a fucking adult <laughs> for 12 seconds. Uh, I'm everyone's crawling out of the pandemic and trying yep. to put together the pieces and figure out, like, what do we do from here? Yeah. So someone asked me a couple of days ago, like, how St. Louis do you think about moving? And I'm like, yeah, I think about going somewhere else and doing other things, but also, who who knows? Who's the, got the time? Who's got the time? The world is so uncertain. Um, so I am a project manager. That's at right. A, at a marketing and advertising firm, and of which we will not <laughs> utter the name. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're damn good at your job. <laughs> yeah, and I, I've gotten good at it enough to where I can, uh, I call it the eight and skate. Do my eight hours and then go home and <laughs> go home, go bed, <laughs> go home, go bed. Yeah, well, that's good. Do you? Uh, but but pr- primarily, it seems your interest has has uh, shifted into uh, records, mm-hmm. which you've always been a big records person. Uh, and I don't mean like keeping records. I mean uh, spinning. Yeah. Spin I have in. file cabinets full of <laughs> just old real estate records, just documents. Um. Yeah. I. I since I was a uh, like a middle schooler, um, I was into music. Uh, my my music taste comes from my mother, Sarah Doyle Underwood. Shout out, shout out. Um, which is interesting because when I was a kid, I hated music. Of course, I just didn't. <laughs> I just didn't get it. I didn't understand yeah. what the purpose was. Yeah. Um, but then I got a little JVC CD player, little uh, steely blue. Yeah. Portable Walkman style CD player, 
And my mom gave me a bunch of her old CDs. And first CD I bought with my own money was Green Day's American Idiot. Hey, that's uh, special. But yeah, cut to today. Uh, actually, one of the reasons I came up to Chicago to do this trip uh, was to hang out with my buddy Steve. Shout out, Steve Sheehan. Shout out. Uh, and go to record stores and buy records uh, all over the place. Tell the people how much money you spent on records this trip. Uh, I don't know how much money exactly, but we each, Steve and I each bought about 75 records. We counted. Cool. It was over $500 each. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say sure. so. so. Uh, almost as much as in parking tickets that you're going to have to pay. Oh, man. I got three parking. Maybe four. There may be one on my car as we speak. Right. Yeah, that's... Uh, well... well and 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 you had said you said uh, uh, that you're the first non-entertainment entity, and that's kind of true. Yeah, I'm gonna um, I'm developing a pod of my own mm-hmm. because I I think the world needs one more white guy with a podcast. Yeah, that's kind of my thing. Yeah, I'm Italian, so I don't count. That isn't true. Is it? Well, what's not true? That Italian doesn't count as white. We're Mediterranean American. I'm Irish. I'm <laughs> My ancestors couldn't get jobs in New York City. Same. Irish need not apply. Irish need Because we were drunkards. I used to say that to you a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you you used to call me a mick. Yeah. Well, I'm also Irish, so I can say... I can, I can, I'm, I'm half Irish, half Italian, so I can say all the... All the <laughs> feels like stretching. The white people's slurs. Uh, Morgan was the, la- was the other last name. Oh, Morgan... That's not Irish at all. What are you talking a, about? Uh, I, my family. I'm trying, oh, I'm trying, I'm trying to justify oh, my... I, the, 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 my the Philippos. Right. The, 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 let the bass drop. Um, <laughs> so I am, yes, I'm going to be doing a vinyl pod. Um, got the equipment. Now it's just figuring out, you know, how, kind of planning some stuff. Yeah. Got some art. Got to, you know, roll the name out. Maybe... Perhaps by the time this airs, we'll have a name for it and uh, do a little cross promotion. Could be interesting. If you're Could into vinyl, fun. we're gonna. The, the premise is, I bring a side of an album. My guest brings a side of an album. We're gonna play them on the pod uh, through the record player, so you'll get all the pops and cracks, the surfacey noise, and we're just gonna talk. Uh, it's a it's a love letter to vinyl. That sounds nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, and also I'd be remiss if I didn't say. That uh, Caleb Doyle here is one of the greatest improvisers to ever live. Yes, and hey, hey. yeah, you, uh, you, and and I say that because you knew when to get out. <laughs> yeah, I went out on top. <laughs> you went out. On top. Went out on top, baby. <laughs> yeah, which uh, that's no, but, but like Hitler. Oh my God! Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll cut that out. We'll cut that out. No, there's no edits in this show. Sadly, Great. I don't. I just don't know how. Great. Well, the uh, we'll get into the the past and and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, do you when you come back to Chicago? What what? How do you feel? Because when I come back, I had an interesting experience of I lived here a little bit longer than you did, but you have always been a person who like loves like you were like the most Chicago lovingest motherfucker yeah. I ever met. So you still, I'd say your feelings for this place are very similar to mine in terms of reverence for it. Mm -hmm. But I didn't get the big like goodbye moment. Like that was robbed. Like I had that taken from me by the pandemic. So I like the first time I came back here to visit, 
I felt like, oh, I still live here, kind of. Like, this feels like an unresolved mm-hmm. chapter in my book. But now, now that, like, this trip has felt like, oh, this doesn't feel like home anymore. L.A. feels like home now. Yeah, I definitely still feel that. Um, I feel that, that this is not home anymore. Um, I, it feels different. I mean, I'm, I usually drive up. I take my car around town. You know, I'm not, I, I got on the Brown line a couple times this weekend for convenience. Um, the one thing about uh, Chicago public transit, it's so convenient and on, on time. Mm, and mm, mm, mm. It, it's clean. It's clean, always <laughs> comfortable. No one pissing or shitting or, or, or wiping bugs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely feel that. I, I definitely, I have a love for the city still. But it does not feel like the Chicago that I lived in anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm a similar way because it's like, I don't know. I I can't like walk through that weird dog park to take the shortcut to IO. And yeah. I can't take that short walk from our apartment to the crowd and like do a show and grab some TBH after. Shout out the crowd. Shout out the crowd. We'll, we'll get into the crowd later, I'm sure. We, we, we've got... We, 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 we keep like there's so much to talk about yeah. and the crowd being a big one we just had a meal we just we just shared a meal at uh, the windy city euros church our church our ch- two deacons worshiping at church yes <laughs> uh it is it is our i i often say portillos and you make fun of me for saying that's my favorite restaurant in chicago but yeah. truly windy city euros at broadway and dakin is my favorite restaurant in chicago yeah i got a Order of mozzarella sticks and the classic Chicago pizza puff. Mmm, yeah, nice pizza puff made, <laughs> made by the angriest men on planet Earth. I love those guys. And there's a little there's a little guy that works the counter usually, and he's the angriest one. Yep. And did you see him today? Didn't see him. I saw him. He came out of the back, went quickly into the bathroom, and then quickly came out and went back into the back. I think he truly lives back there. He probably does. There's the, the there's like cause that's a sizable building. Yeah. And the kitchen you can't really see. There's like a corner there that you really can't see into like the back of the back. Yeah. So there could be a little a little the littlest bed for the littlest old man. He is the quaintest little <laughs> old crooked man. He usually just sits on like an overturned milk crate and just looks. Yeah. He likes to just sit and look. Sitting and looking <laughs> is my hobby. He has. He also. He's a big smoker. He likes to. He mm. puts on his little jacket. He has like a little jacket, little green jacket. Yep. And he <laughs> steps outside for his nine cigarettes yeah. and then comes back in. I once uh, there was a guy behind us in line that went up and ordered and walked away, and then he came back up and he was like, "Oh, hey, can I get a receipt?" And the little old man goes, "For what?" <laughs> <laughs> like just like that, that accusatory. Like, yeah. um, for what? And, and you're gonna guy, do your taxes? Right. And the guy, I remember, I remember this. I was there for that. And the guy was like, "Oh, oh, oh!" oh. And he like just left. He <laughs> yeah. didn't get the receipt. And then he, do you remember? He turned to us, the the employees, and was just like, "He wanted receipt." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because we were always on their side. Yes. If you go in there and you don't know your shit, you don't know your order. I'm sorry, brother. I cannot help you out. Yep. That's your. Hey, that's all on. That is on your shoulders. If you're not, if you don't know that you want the Mississippi farm-raised catfish, the grossest meal 
possibly of all time. Were you there the night somebody finally ordered it from the crowd on a dare? I was. And who? And I don't even remember who it was. It was Chris Hanley. It was Chris Hanley? Yeah. That makes sense. He he like <laughs> lost a dare. You, Chris, at, you're not listening to this. He's not listening to this. And if he was, <laughs> eh, fuck you, Chris. Uh, <laughs> he was... He like lost a dare at the crowd and had to during the show or something and he came over and had to order the Mississippi farm raised catfish and the staff from the back came out and ha- were like looming watching on him. the counter like <laughs> giggling and like looking at each other and watching him eat it. Yeah. They have one order of it and it's been in the freezer since 1997. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a cuz why call it Mississippi farm-raised catfish if you own a restaurant in Illinois. Hey, just call it catfish. It's the catfish platter. Just call it the catfish. Correct. That catfish did not live in Mississippi, and if it did, that's worse. (laughs) Because we are in Chicago, Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. I'm glad we got to break bread there. Yeah, always nice. Uh, we walked away with a couple vanilla soft serve cones, which is a classic Chance and Doyle move. Good stuff. I found a video on my phone of, of not too long ago of me eating a cone from there on the on the platform. Sheridan Redline platform. That I you have took. that video. Yeah. I'm hey. fond of that video. Hey, you have that video? Maybe you, post it. You could have that video. Post it on the pod. We'll see. that, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah. The podcast has an Instagram. I try to cult- I try to cultivate this air that I have like a team working on some things. Oh, uh, for sure. And uh, you mean that guy? Oh yeah. Hey, can can you put that in? That's Brandon. Thanks, Brandon. That's Br- and he has got it's like Brandon, like with an E, not an O, like D E N, not D O. Oh, Brandon. Oh well, yeah. fuck you then. Yeah, same. Uh, Brandon, Brand, like Brandon's, Kyler's. Uh, like you know those those weird dumb fusion names. Oh, any any Caden or Braden or Brantley, Jayden, Brantley, Brox, Broxville, Brock, Brocksmith, <laughs> Brockhampton. Yeah, it's just so many things I'd rather do different. You well, can sample that. Was was that was that from the the guy? That was a Brockhampton song. Okay. Um. Anyhow, <laughs> what were we talking about? Are you enjoying yourself? I am having a good time. I'm I'm laid back. You are. Yeah. We're in Avery Brooks's apartment, as is you, as per Avery. usual. Shout out Avery. I want this episode to have the most shout outs. That is going to be hard to accomplish. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of shot not on this show. Well, uh, let me. I got to plug my phone in because I'm running a timer. Because oh. this old boy is driving back to St. Louis as soon as we're done recording. Isn't that right? That is. Absolutely true. Actually, I'm going to get my records from Steve's house, but yeah. Oh, got to get back to the big, no, back back away from the big drink. Yeah. Uh, again, you referenced this already, but my favorite, one of my favorite bits is telling people I was moving away from Chicago because I was scared of the lake. Yeah. Don't know what's in it. Right. It's like, what's in there? <laughs> <sighs> did you, uh, what, what was your favorite thing you did on this trip? Thank you for saying this podcast. Uh, yeah, well, th- besides the obvious, um, I actually hung out with my friend Bailey um, on Saturday. Shout out, Bailey. Shout out, Bailey Williams uh, from Liberty, Missouri. Um, you don't have to dox her. Well, <laughs> I actually have her home address if, if we want to read that out. Perfect. Um, 
No, but I had not seen her in, I mean, seven or eight years. Oh, wow. Very long time. Yeah. And we knew each other in high school. We went to Go Tavern in Logan Square. Shout out, Go. Shout out. It's a, it's a bar, and then the back wall is just lined with coolers, uh, like convenience store coolers. Yeah. And people could just come in and buy beer and go, go tavern, oh. or they can tavern. Uh, that's, and, and to me, that's what fun is. And to me, that's fun. And so we drank. We got some Moscow Mules. Um, we went to her apartment in Palmer Square, hung out on her back, back porch, met her roommates, and we just had so much to talk about. And then we got breakfast uh, this morning because we were not done talking. Wow. And it was just so nice to see an old friend that you haven't seen in a long time who's just a delight, you know? Correct. That is nice. When's the last time we saw each other? Um, somewhat recently. It had to be, right? Wasn't it Christmas? Maybe. Did you come to St. Louis? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was at St. Louis. I I swung through and gave you the old hello on my way because I rented that car to drive to Springfield because there was like an ice storm that my mom refused to drive through. Did we do anything? I can't. I feel like we may My have brain eaten is full something. Of fucking worms at this. Point. Oh yeah, we 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 had a meal. We, we of course. We, oh, we did. We, we went to Joey B's. Yeah, we had an Italian meal. We had pasta and white wine. Yes, we 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 uh, toot salutes uh, 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 to Don Doyle. Yeah. Oh. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, the great one, the old, king. old Don Doyle. Shout out from the grave. Shout out Don, the king. Can't yep. believe we lost him. Miss you every day, buddy. Absolutely. Shout out Don. Shout out Jan. Uh, the whole, the whole fam damnly, huh? Yeah. Well, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, uh, it it is nice to, like, be able to catch up with people that you truly haven't seen in so long because, like, you have your immediate crew of friends that, like, even when you live in other places, you very tactfully make plans to, like, I will always see you when I come through here. Right. You are, like, an always see person. But then, like, like here in Chicago, I have so many friends that I would love to hang out with or see, and I just did not even scratch the surface, yeah. you know? Jeanette Angelini. Would have loved to hang out with her. We had a quick little pass by, and then she was gone like a like a bird in the wind. Yes, you referred to her as a whirling dervish. She is a whirling dervish. <laughs> she came into the show spinning around like a tornado, and she left the same way. Yep. <laughs> Come in, raise, arrive, raise, raise hell, hell, leave. <laughs> Jeanette is Stone Cold Steve Austin, isn't she? I think she? that's true. I think that's very absolutely true. She's Steve Williams. Yeah. Steve Williams. Hey, man. Hey. Welcome to the Stone Cold Podcast uh, here at 316 Gimmick Street in Los Angeles, California. Of course, now I live in Los Angeles. Uh, if, you, if you're not listening to the Stone Cold Podcast, Broken Skull Podcast, rather, what are you doing? Yeah. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. I couldn't agree more. So uh, let's ch- let's chat a little bit about oh, your past. Here we go. Do you have any other? Do you have any uh, current events things that you'd like to talk about first, though? Anything I want to plug? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, absolutely nothing. What I want to plug is um, live your fucking life. Everybody, live your lives. We're gonna get that comes much later in the episode. <laughs> there'll be there'll be time for that shit. Yeah. What were you like, and what is your favorite cuss word? (laughs) (laughs) 
What what were you like as a, as a small boy? Because I recently saw, and we talked about this in Ricky's episode, mm-hmm. a, vi- a home video of you at Ricky's birthday party. Yep. And you were being very Doyle, and he was being very Ricky, and it's just bizarre to me to see that your guys' personalities, and most of our personalities, were like kind of already there yeah. whenever we were children. So what was like elementary school Doyle like? Um, well, I was an only child. Yeah, with a single mother, so it was pretty. It was a pretty insular life. Um, we, I was the book. I was a bookish kid. Mm-hmm. I just read my little books <laughs> and like never got in anyone's way. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, oh my books! Oh. <laughs> my grandma used to tell a story. Um, she would drive me to the library, like when she would babysit me or whatever, because my grandparents. Don and Jan Doyle, who we just referenced, basically raised me. Yeah. My mom was 15 when she had me, yeah, which fuck. is, I mean, can you even imagine? No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. This superhero of a woman. So, obviously, my grandma and grandpa, like, helped raise me. Um, but my grandma used to tell this story. We would, you know, we'd go to the library, and I would get a stack of books, picture books, you know, Oh, yeah. 30 high. Oh, yeah. Going just absolutely hard. Yeah. And she would say, you would read half of them by the time we got home. Wow. Like, you would read yeah. through so many of them. So, that was that was very much me. And no brothers or sisters uh, yet at that point. And my, I live with my mom in an apartment building. Um, just kind of by ourselves, bottom floor of an apartment. And so, uh, obviously in that situation, there's no, like, yard to go play out in. There's other kids, but they're kind of in their apartments as well. Right. <laughs> like, no one's really playing outside. Where we were at, there wasn't, like, a playground. They had a pool that we used to go to, um, but didn't really see a whole lot of other kids then yeah. either. So, it was very much, like, me kind of raising myself. Not raising myself. I didn't have, like, an absent mother she was raising me, but I was like keeping myself occupied. Absolutely, there were there were, like having a single mom. There's like those spells where you kind of got to entertain yourself. You oh, know? plenty. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know we we came from uh, from meager beginnings, but she always made sure that I had stuff to do and read. And yeah, you know, I got a Nintendo sixty four and a Game Boy and. Uh, you know, I had Pokemon bed sheets and everything, so... That is good, because, like, you and I have uh, somewhat similar uh, origin stories. Yeah. Mine takes some other twists and turns, as well as does yours, that yeah. make it different. But the... Uh, that always like like you said the meager beginnings, not a whole lot of money to go around, young fam, very young family. Mm-hmm. But there is such a... There's something to be said about, like... While it was happening, I didn't feel like my life was tragic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I had, I was having a nice time. I thought this was, I didn't start to realize how, like, abnormal my life was until I started to, like, make friends at school and go over to my friends' houses. Do you remember the moment you realized you were poor? Because I do. Yes. Or a a moment. I do. I, I, I think the one of the earliest triggers for me was 
like my friends talking about going on like vacations to other states and yeah. stuff and not Branson. Correct. Yeah, not <laughs> yeah. Bran- we would go to Branson like there was like some cuz like my grandparent like my grandpa hat was did well for himself money wise. Uh so we had some like, you know, Florida trips. We have family in Florida though, so we'd always go down and stay with them. Yeah. We did a Disney trip at some point when I was in elementary school, I think, but it was like one of those big like, all right, let's get 20 family members to make this cheaper. Oh yeah. Trips, but uh yeah. I think I I don't know what it was. I I think my mom got kind of a high-paying job for where she was uh and really just had to provide for me and her. Yeah. But uh early on before she got one of those jobs, before we we did go to Disney World as well. Uh, just me and her when I was six. Oh, don't remember it. Barely remember it. Yeah, don't take your she, don't take your young kids there. She uh, she wanted to go on all the roller coasters, and I wasn't tall enough, so she would leave me at the front and go ride the roller coasters. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Sarah. yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, Sarah. Get it. She would have been what, like twenty at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Of course, you're gonna ride the roller coasters. Hell yeah. Um, but uh, the moment I realized something was off was. We got dinner from Seven Eleven once. Yeah, yeah. Like hot dogs and uh, chips and stuff. And I realized it wasn't just one time that happened. It was a couple different times. And I don't know if I realized it in the moment, but definitely looking back, I realized like, oh, that was like first of the month, like rent and utilities and yep. car, car yep. note were due and all that stuff. So couldn't afford groceries we're just like scraping the bottom of the barrel yeah man and she would she would bill it as junk food night uh uh-huh. junk food night or like movie night we're gonna yeah. have popcorn yeah it's popcorn dinner and yeah God bless sarah and she's i mean she's been raising kids for three decades yeah no shit she like has, she has a 15 year old and two nine-year-olds what a human being i mean <laughs> like she's made of titanium right crazy. as is my mom my mom is such a uh you and i are both hardcore mama's boys oh yeah because how could <laughs> how could we not be right we both have historically incredible relationships with our fathers <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but shout out to our dad yeah no, no, no i'll, I'll oh, take no. that one back yeah, uh she was just such a you could tell that like my mom was always so committed to making sure I was taken care of mm. like, and it was such a, uh, an obvious thing because she would almost always sacrifice her own stuff. Yeah. To make sure that I felt as like quote unquote normal as possible, which is, uh, something I don't think I'll ever be able to repay her for, you know? That line in A Christmas Story where Ralphie says, my mother hadn't had a hot meal in 12 years. Yeah. That was my mom. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's everyone's mom, I yeah. think. My mom doesn't cook, so All right, not well. necessarily. <laughs> that is my grandma, though. One time at Christmas, we were watching that movie, and that line like played and she was like literally working and like moving around in the background (laughs) she heard that line and oh she laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed was she making gravy she she was in uh, probably i don't know she was making she that woman would make all of it by herself essentially that was uh that was a reference to how italian families always refer to pasta sauce as gravy 
Okay, well, we ate Anglo meals at Christmas time, okay? We would have the toiki and the chicken and the goose. We never had goose. What are you talking about? (laughs) Mashed taters, green beans and stuff. We did have a couple Italian Thanksgivings, though. You know, have a, have a little manicotti, a little The Filippos from the old country are spinning in their gondolas <laughs> right now. <laughs> have a little chicken cacciatore, you know? Yeah, sure, whatever. Not bad, not bad. <laughs> not bad, not bad. That sounds... I just sounded like a really, like, boring guy. Uh, you know? <laughs> not bad. Yeah, hey, shout out, uh, shout out good vibes. Uh, so, like, what do you do when you, like, want to fuck <laughs> someone? <laughs> I don't have any interest in... And this is kind of... Uh, goes to the premise of the pod I want to do. I don't really have any interest in uh, being critical about things or like looking at things through a critical lens. I feel like that's a very white man thing to do. Correct. To be like, oh, well, you see, this movie is, uh, you know, it's actually kind of in this style. And uh, who fucking cares, dude? Yeah. Tell me what you like and what you like about it. Yeah. And let's do that. You, I quote a famous line of yours all the time whenever I go to the movie theater and I and this is like just in general movie watching and stuff I have adopted this philosophy that uh, I, I learned uh, in many ways from yourself and that's uh, you go into a movie theater you watch the movie and then like you talk about it afterwards talk about what whatever but when you have like a person with you that's like uh, let me break it down to you exactly why that was bullshit and the lens what do you always say I just had fun watching it. Yeah, I just hey. had a nice time. Hey, I had fun watching that movie. <laughs> yeah, I had I'm glad fun I watched it. Watching that movie. <laughs> That's how I feel, man. It's like I don't know. There are cer- certainly things that you can like break down and look. You know, if if someone were to approach me to talk about Grateful Dead, I could talk about nuances, but it, ultimately, it's still going to be a love letter. It's yeah. still going to be like this band fucking rocks, and here's why. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, you also, uh, <laughs> do you remember the time we went, there's going to be a lot of Family Guy moments in this episode where it's like, remember the time? And it's uh, references that no one listening to this <laughs> will care about will, or was enjoy. there for or right. will care about. Yeah. <laughs> we saw Doctor Strange, and which is a very heavy, C, heavy on the CGI film, mm-hmm. and you're sitting next to me and you, you turned to me as soon as the credits started rolling and you went... How do they make movies like that? <laughs> how how, how, how do they, they do that? Do that? <laughs> was he really flying? Was it? There's, there's wires or something. I don't know. That's different movie, man. Different kind of movie. That's something that when I worked the construction job, there was this crack addict named D who also worked there. Yeah. It was known he did crack. He like couldn't go on like government jobs because oh no, he can't pass a drug test because he do, he smokes crack. Hey, and, I mean, you know. Not gonna yuck somebody's yum. What's that? He's <laughs> winking. <laughs> Doyle's writing something on a piece of paper. I smoke crack now. Okay. All right. Well, hey, to each their own. I'm just saying I don't want to yuck anybody's yum. I'll I'll yuck crack. <laughs> All right, I think I fair. think I'm I think I'm comfortable with yucking some crack. <laughs> that's what we used to call it in high school. Yucking this crack. dude's yucking some crack. <laughs> uh, what did he? What was I even say? Oh, we were uh, we stopped at a gas station to get like power raids before going to the job site because that's a very big part of construction worker culture. Yeah, and he like went and got a bunch of red boxes 
for like for, <laughs> for like later at the red box. Just eight fifteen a.m. renting some movies exactly <laughs> for later because he like was gonna bring them back tomorrow whenever we come back to the same come and go and he uh he comes back with his little stack of DVDs and we're talking him and I are talking about movies. He's just a forty five year old drug addict and I was like nineteen. And Secret Life of Walter Mitty had just came out on DVD, the Ben Stiller one. And he was like, man, yeah, last week I watched that Walter Mitty, man. Hey, man, different kind of movie. (laughs) Different kind of movie, man. I was like, yeah, dude, cool. Don Doyle always used to say, that one was pretty (laughs) (laughs) far-fetched. Like, yeah, Don, it's a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Incredible Hulk's not real. Right. You know, I was over, I was in Vietnam, so I, <laughs> was he in Nam? He was, he's too, uh, he's too young. No, he was, in, he was stationed in Korea during Vietnam. Oh, okay. So he, he was one of the, like, didn't, didn't actually see battle, but he was stationed in, like, a nearby. He got a head start on the Korean War. Yeah. Well, the Korean War was before that. Oh, you fucking well, you're right, moron. <laughs> well, I forgot. I always forget that I'm speaking to a true scholar, which we'll get into in the college years portion of the interview. Mm-hmm. But we're still kind of in elementary school. Did anything uh, remarkable or fun or um, like like at school? How were you? Just bookish? Like were you outgoing? Like talking, oh, to, making friends and stuff? I was. I was the funny kid. Okay, not so the class already. clown. We we you've talked many times about the distinction between mm-hmm. the class clown and the funny kid. Correct. Uh, and I, as I, I'm sorry, I'm so distracted. Chance is <laughs> is walking around the apartment, <laughs> plugging in every device he has. I don't want. I have the timer on my phone, and my phone's gonna die. I forgot to plug in the MacBook we're, that we're recording on, and it was about to die. So I had to. You know, typically when people come on this show and I have to do things, <laughs> they're kind of cool about it. They just keep it on the DL there's and keep an talking. Air, there's an air of coolness and professionalism that uh, is kind of lacking with you, and I will make note of it. Well, guess who's not in the industry anymore, baby? Me. That's right. Um, so I was, yeah, but it was out of necessity that I was, and I don't think it was until later um, cause I went to three different elementary schools. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Which is a lot for, for a young kid. Yeah. Um, but in fifth grade I moved school districts entirely. So we were in like an entirely different County. Oh, wow. And I think just out of necessity, I had to do something and it, it's very much a Doyle family thing to make people laugh. I mean, you, you. You met Don. You've met Sarah. Absolutely. Uh, we're just always trying to make people laugh. So, um, yeah, I think that was me. I was always, um, I don't know, I think maybe somebody mentioned this on your pod or, or uh, something else I was listening to, but, like, I would do tags onto things that teachers would say. So yeah, like They would yeah. say something, and I'd get a quick joke out there, and the teachers loved it. Because mm-hmm. it like would kind of lighten the mood a little bit, but I knew when, for the most part, I knew when to do it and when to not do it. Yes, and now, that is a very important skill, right? Now, if you ask my mom, I got plenty of letters home <laughs> yeah. about being talkative and uh-huh. disrupting class, and um, she kind of thought it was bullshit. Which, you know, she was she was in my corner, um, but I specifically remember uh, fifth grade probably. We did a Christmas pageant. 
Of course. As you will. <laughs> of course. But this one was like a goofy one. Oh, uh-oh. Like a goofy fun one. Yeah. And uh, I got to play this game show host character, and I don't remember the exact name, but it was like a play off of Regis Philbin. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So. Stebus Bilbin. St- yeah, it was, it was something like that. <laughs> yeah. Or Revis or. Um, but I got that role because I just did um, Daryl Hammond's Regis. Oh, really? <laughs> that was great. That was great. You know, that kind of. <laughs> we went out to this restaurant, and it was beautiful, and it was great. And they're like, you yeah. know, I could do that as a as a ten year old. So I got cast in this role and like was just chewing the scenery. Of course. You know, of yeah. Course. yeah. And uh got big laughs out of that. So that was kinda that that kinda gave me the bug, I think. That was like your comedy origin story. And, and why I knew um Daryl Hammond was because my mom was a teenager in the nineties. Yeah. So everything she showed me was Billy Madison and Tommy Boy and all the SNL greatest, you know, best of compilations that they did. And she was showing me that stuff as a kid. And, like, she would, you know, she would, like, cover my eyes during or my ears during inappropriate things. Yeah. Uh, But that's where I got a lot of that inspiration. So my comedy origins are definitely from her and from my family. But that was the big thing that, like, gave me the bug to perform. Yeah, I think, and I think that makes sense that you were uh, like the the media exposure of like multiple different forms of comedy from that era, uh, sort of made an amalgamation. Because I was the same way, where you know, obviously, like Jim Carrey was big for me, The Mask, yeah. and all that. Who who's who's that? What's up? Who's that now? Jim Carrey. I'm not. You're not familiar with. I'm sorry. He's a Canadian. Uh, oh, okay. He's a Canadian. Stand-up, that's why I don't know him. Canadian stand-up comedian that's uh, made a pretty decent name for himself <laughs> out in Hollywood. What? What's he up to now? He he's he's been going through some phases. I think he's just really found himself for the first time. I read his book mm-hmm. that he wrote, and holy shit, I loved it. Yeah, it's a it's like a biography. And like the the tagline of the book is, uh, it's like all of these stories are true, or, or like none of these stories are true. No way, all of these stories are true, and they're all made up, or something sure. like that. Like it's it's like a fake autobiography. It's like a fake book about his life. Interesting, with some realness sprinkled yeah. in. But then there's like also an alien invasion of Los Angeles, where Nicolas Cage is the only human on Earth that's impervious to their rays because he's like got like ancient alien DNA that's like the rival alien species to the one that's attacking Earth. So he has to like go and like kill a bunch of aliens with a sword. And the ghost of Rodney Dangerfield is inside of like this like talking hippo that. Jim hugs and like cries with sounds like very on brand for you yeah I like that type of stuff because I believe in magic (laughs) (laughs) um anyway what were we talking about we were talking about how you well I I was just saying like my comedy sense also sort of came from an amalgamation of like one part childhood trauma one part Jim (laughs) Carrey one part Dave Chappelle one part like uh all that like a bunch of different like funny things all and my grandpa was just fucking hilarious yeah oh yeah I mean 
20 to 30 percent of my comedy is just straight lifted Don Doyle lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don Doyle, uh, we'll talk about this moment now. One of the first times I ever met, the, the first time I ever met him within five minutes, he told me a story about how he wanted, he almost beat the shit out of a pastor in a <laughs> church parking lot. Yeah. Don Casper was his name. <laughs> Don Two <Casper>. Dons. <laughs> Didn't he like park it? Isn't it because Don was running late and he so he parked in like a guest spot, and the guy and the pastor was like, "Don, you can't park there." I think that was like the straw that broke the camel's back because there was a whole, <laughs> I mean, there truly was a whole political thing with their church at that time, which there always is. Of course, Don was like the new pastor, not Don Doyle, Don other Don, Pastor Casper, Pastor we'll Casper him. was the new guy, and he was like preaching some stuff that was like i, I don't I, who cares right but they did not get along because uh grandpa was a deacon ah similar to you and i similar to me, at windy yeah. city yeah. <laughs> well that's cool so uh, also don uh said do you want to tell his cap gun story because oh he, he they grew up so poor and they did grow up poor his dad was an alcoholic and would famously get his paycheck on fridays and go to the bar and spend all of his paycheck at the bar and then bring nothing home to him and his three siblings, four siblings, three siblings and his mother. Wow. A dad who drinks and spends all his money on himself. I don't know anything about that. Wow. Weird. Um, Men need help. What what the fuck are we, (laughs) what what are we doing? Um, But they were so poor that uh, they couldn't afford like full gifts for the, the kids for Christmas. He, he he always said, I don't know if I ever told you this, but he said uh, Herschel, who was his dad, <laughs> Herschel Doyle. Of course. Oh, my God. <laughs> he was a, a German-Irishman. <laughs> yeah. Brought home a Christmas tree one time, and he's, Don used to say, you could jump through that Christmas tree and not touch a leaf. <laughs> <laughs> so bare, like a Charlie Brown tree. But Oh, uh, my God. They couldn't afford gifts for all the kids, so they got his brother Jake uh, the cap gun, and they gave Don the caps <laughs> and told him to share. Yep. Well, they were stubborn little kids and wouldn't share. So Jake just ran around with the gun yelling, bang, bang, and my grandpa would just smash the caps with a rock to make the <laughs> popping noise <laughs> separately. Perfect. Yeah. He also used to call Kentucky Fried Chicken the fried chicken joint. The fr- the colonel. The colonel. Oh, oh, yeah. He the, called it the colonel. The colonel. The, the, God, Jesus Christ. What a what a. He man. had a lot of them, man. He had a lot of a lot of Donisms. Rest peace. Moving on. Re- I R.I.P. Uh, moving on to like, let's let's get into middle school shit. Uh, did you go to a lot of middle schools, or were you kind of set in one district? By no, then? once we got to that that district in fifth grade, that's where I where we stuck. Okay. Um, so I got to do, uh, and it was middle school. It was not junior high. Junior high people, I don't trust them. Oh, like me? Yeah, yeah. Should I go? I nah. You're you're already here. All I'll right. Figure it um, out. Also, the people who I think there was somebody. It was maybe Net that they're like it's all in the same building kind of thing. Oh yeah. That yeah. is, I don't trust that at all. Could not be me. Yeah. No, but we did seventh and eighth grade at Stegman Middle. Uh, go Junior Jags. Um. Because the high school is the Jaguars. I gave him a look like, Ugh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yuck. Um, and uh, middle school, I don't know. I, I mean, a, a big theme with a lot of my life is I think I have memory loss issues. Because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of phases of my life 
that I just don't have like a lot of real tangible memories from. Cool. Maybe that's just, maybe that's just growing up, or maybe yeah. I am blocking out some trauma. Could be. Um, but I specifically remember one good story about middle school that I can tell you uh, is we were running a student council, like president election, president of student council in eighth grade. Ooh. And uh, it came time for the assembly where every candidate gives their speech, you know, comes out and pleads their case. So I had spent weeks writing this speech that was like really heartfelt, really honest, funny, you know, hit all the right marks. Like really, I mean, I was I was Sam Seaborn for you West Wing fans. Um, and I, I delivered this speech uh in front of the assembly and then this uh, the the kid running against me Josh Glore G- how how is it gore like Al Gore or no glore g l o r e glore <laughs> Josh I'm Josh Glore <laughs> we used to call him a T-Rex because he was a kid that like started working out in middle school oh, yeah. so his arms were like <laughs> up like T-Rexes anyway he came out and did this goofy little skit instead of a uh, speech oh, where he no. was like pieing people in the face <laughs> and like let the he was Bugs Bunny. He was Bugs Bunny. So what's gonna play better? The heartfelt speech or the kids pieing each other in the face, right? Correct. So he won the election. In a and, landslide, probably. Oh, I think it. I, I don't know what it was. But Did you wear a little suit? I wore a little suit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I I did some light. So one uh one theme throughout middle school and high school was they would just pull me to host things. Perfect. Which I think you probably did as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. They would pull me to host the talent show and the you know Jaguar Idol and uh, all that stuff. So Jaguar Idol, yeah. kill me, right? Kill me with a <laughs> with a gun and a knife. <laughs> um, and uh, so that's where I got a lot of like I got reps in. Absolutely, <laughs> in high yeah. school. Hey, ten thousand hours. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. Oh, and you were done talking. Uh, I, that was that was middle school. I mean, I, yeah. I did you I play? Really, sp- you you're a baseball guy, right? Had you started playing at all? Uh, I lightly played baseball. Um, it, I only was with the team for a season in high school. Okay, because I just I wasn't committed to it. I wasn't any good, but I could show up and, <laughs> and do the do the stuff. The Bambino. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ate sixteen hot dogs before I went up to the plate. Smoked a cigarette, drank a beer, and then went and just bombed one off into left field. Yeah, uh, but no, I was not doing sports. I was the I was the student council, uh, you know, booster club yeah. kind of Renaissance club thing. But a well liked sort of like every man like like. For sure. Hey, I, how are I, you, band kids? Hey, how are you, science nerds? Hey, how are you, football guys? Absolutely, yeah. And I was I was a known person because of hosting all the assemblies yeah. and stuff like that. So I kind of had a pass to get in with anybody I wanted to, uh, which was nice. You were like a little mayor. Yeah, people were generally kind to me. You know, I didn't get bullied, really. The people who did bully me, it was interesting uh, and this is not a flex, it'll sound like it, but it's not. The people who would try to bully me, other people would be like, hey, like, 
we're cool with them. Like everybody's yeah, cool yeah, with yeah. Them. We, leave, we, we don't really him alone. We don't really bully this guy. He's our buddy. Yeah, yeah. What were your like social circles like in middle school? Because that's like elementary school. It's kind of like you're only friends with people that your parents will, are willing to take you to their house and yeah. stuff. Middle school, you know, puberty is getting involved and things like that. So friendships kind of start to get drawn, like set in stone. What mm-hmm. was that like? Yeah, I definitely had some some close friends. Uh, Luke Norenburns, shout out. Shout out. Uh, Dan Kaspersky, shout, shout out. out. Um, actually, Luke Luke Nornburn's house is the first time I saw breasts. Uh, not live. Okay. Not live in the flesh. Uh oh. Uh, his mom let us watch Euro Trip. Oh yeah, that movie has him. Yeah, and uh, I just remember thinking that was really special. Uh, but it was a pretty small crew. I actually pretty early on in. Like late middle school, early high school, started hanging out with much older people. Same that I, that I knew through church. Yep, which yep. is something we haven't really a subject we haven't really broached yet. But right. we we're both Wednesday night warriors. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Wednesday night, Sunday morning. Yeah, Wednesday night, <laughs> Sunday morning, and sometimes Sunday night, and sometimes yeah. Monday night to go guys' do, night. No, t- oh. Monday night for us was uh, visitation, going door to door to people who had visited the church and being like. Hey, thanks for coming. We'd love to have you back. I would have sprayed you with a hose (laughs) if you came by my house. It was pretty bad. We do Man Day Night, where it was like all the... (laughs) Don't call it Man Day. All the guys in the youth group, we'd get together and like play football and like pray and stuff on Monday nights. Yeah. So, um, the funny thing about visitation is, this is when I met Matt Martin, and you know Matt Martin. Yes. Uh, Shout out. Um, but Wrestling we would, Matt. We would go on visitation with this other kid, Chris Carmody. Shout out. Shout out. Uh, and uh, we would get it. They'd give you a stack of houses you had to go visit. And we would go visit like two of them and then go to McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> and just sit at McDonald's for the rest of the night. Oh, no. I hope the church doesn't hear this. I hope they do. Yeah. And they send me to hell. <laughs> it was me, Austin. <laughs> Um, so then, yeah, uh, late middle school, early high school, church became the source of pretty much all the friends. Um, and one thing I always say about that is I left the church under pretty bad terms, just a lot of stuff put a bad taste in my mouth. But while I was there, like the, you know, four or so years that I was heavily there, I truly had some of the best and most fun experiences of my life. Yep. Me too. Still to this day. Yep. I look back on all those things very, very fondly. Um, you know, there were there was plenty of stuff we did. Like, we would do mission trips. And for what it's worth, for however much uh, proselytizing and witnessing, quote-unquote witnessing people do on mission trips, they are a net good for everyone. Because you're getting kids during the summer, giving them something to do. You know, you're going on a trip. You're usually doing, like... Painting a uh, painting a house or like so these were all United States mission trips. You, ne- you never left the country. We did one in Mexico. Oh, okay, but they were all mostly United States, and we would go to uh, we would like partner with another church in the area. Like I know we did Denver two years in a row, and we'd partner with another church, and they would say like, yeah, you know, we've got X person in our community that really needs this work done and they can't do it themselves because disability or what, just like doing good, like community acts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that kind of stuff's a net good, you know, and, and in, in the off time you get to go with the youth group to like 
fun place. You know, we went the on titty the bar. The titty bar, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get to smoke cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. No, well, let's just get into the religion aspect of it. We'll do, take a detour from this, like, school life stuff. We're going to yeah. do Comedy Sex God. Comedy Sex Pete God. Old, yeah, shout exactly. out. Well, we usually save it for the end. Yeah. That's my Pete. It's yeah. bad. It's not good. Thank you. Uh, we love you, Pete. Shout out. Uh, there was a so like, yeah like my church Wednesday night warrior very much so oh dude I live for Wednesday nights yep I was like a uh, like a student leader in the youth group I went to the same church from the time I was like three months old to seventeen years old yeah so same for us I was very young when we went to Arnold yeah I was like a like a young like not quite a prince like a young squire yeah of the kingdom that was Hope Community Church because my grandma ran the preschool program like the two-year-olds and stuff so i was at the building like just for like she would have like a regular work meeting and when she was babysitting me she'd have to just like take me to the church for her little work meeting or whatever and uh so i was just around that church all the time it was like my playground it was it was where i worshipped it was a very important part of my life and then the youth group stuff yeah some of the best times of my entire life like my friends here comes a long list of shout outs Tanner Batten. Shout out. Jeremy Payne. Shout out. Jeff Ruggieri. Shout out. Bo Jacobson. Shout out. Dallas Duncan. Shout out. No other examples. And uh, that was like my little like my little crew of dudes. And we had such a good time together. Yeah. And I always looked forward to like going to church because of my friends, first and foremost, which is, I think, where some of the problems lied mm-hmm. in like in terms of like my trajectory of staying maybe because they were all a year older than me right. and then i had a lot of friends who like when i was like in middle school i was friends with a lot of high schoolers yeah. because i was like a funny weird wild kid right. and i remember one time for sure most of mine in church were like two years older than me as well two yeah or three years older well i remember i can pinpoint an exact moment that i had my like my big like coming out party in the youth group and that was as a gay man <laughs> yeah as, as a homosexual man uh, no, sadly, I'm straight. I always say that. It's, <laughs> yeah, it it's sucks. a shame. <laughs> it sucks. But uh, there was a... We used to do this thing called the after party every Sunday oh, night. Oh, afterglow is what we called it. Uh, that's... Okay. Better. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we would do this thing called the after party where from six to eight, it was like go-karts, putt-putt, barbecue at a youth leader's house, Super Bowl party, whatever it was. And one of the one of the first Sundays that I was in the youth group and I had been a big celebrity in the children's church and I was trying to break into the youth group game and it was one of the first after parties and it was at I think her name was Amanda. I can't remember. I think I think Amanda's house. Hug and kiss. (laughs) (laughs) Amanda hug and kiss. Hey, I need Amanda hug and kiss. That's a Bart Simpson, Mo Sislak bit. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> hey, is it Amanda Huggin kiss? Is there Amanda Huggin kiss here? <laughs> I'm looking for Amanda Huggin kiss. I remember it now, but you have to understand. I said Amanda, and he looked at me in the eyes and said, "Huggin kiss." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I am in a tub of yes and. You're due for a silly one, man. That's right. You're due for a silly one. So we were at her house for the after party, and uh, I drank 
12 Mountain Dews. Oh, Forrest Gump 12 style. Cans, yeah, <laughs> like of Mountain Dew. And I went on such a, because I'm high energy, like high strung person to begin with. You incorporate some like child cocaine sugar into me. <laughs> yeah. I was bouncing off walls. I was doing backflips. I was doing like, I was working that room. Attempting to swallow your own head. Correct. Which is one of your favorites. <laughs> one of my favorite moves. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I became a known person that night. Uh, people uh, people from then on were like, oh, that's a crazy kid. Chance is a crazy kid. He's <laughs> yeah. fucking wild. Like he'll do anything for the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, so we had good times. I, I we would go to mission, we, not mission trip, like summer camp in Colorado. Which, oh well, yeah, yeah, we good did times. we did the um, several camps. Uh, D now, if you're familiar, yeah, with discipleship Disci- now. Th- we called it just disciple now, but yeah, 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 yeah. It's one of, some of those things and the sleepaway camps and those are very fond memories. And I, I think it was when I could start driving myself. Because obviously I was going because my parents were going. And yeah, like yeah. Going to church, but then when I could start driving myself, I kind of stopped going, and there was some like weird, like I don't know, just like petty politics stuff and weird drama and you know that that sort of thing. Very little of which I remember the details of. Yeah, but it got to me being like, eh, I don't really think I want to be at this church anymore. So I like tried another church and it didn't take. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, needless to say, tried a couple others. And then eventually it just got to a point, you know, and especially in college where I was like, oh, I don't think this is real. <laughs> like, yeah. You had that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely had. I mean, I got into in late church. I got into what's called the emergent church. Mm hmm. Like Rob Bell and oh, uh, yeah. all those types. Love Rob like, Bell. They were kind of like, um, I don't know what you want to call them, but they were like thinkers, philosophizers who were Christianity adjacent. Yeah, like people they, who were like, here are the good deeds that you can get from this abstract yeah. like theology. Not necessarily you're put on a suit and demand you your eternal soul goes to hell or yeah. not. Guys. But yeah. I know Rob Bell uh shout out. Uh, shout out another Pete Holmes reference. Um one of his great teachers. Yeah. Called him. yeah. Joey Cams. Um I know Rob Bell like kinda got pushed out of the church because of some of the stuff that he was talking about and like you know, going through the biblical history of like heaven and hell. Are they real places? You know, if you look at the original language, it doesn't really read that way. Yeah. And that's kind of what I got into is, like, if you read the, like, Bible in its original interpretations, there are a lot of things that have a totally different meaning. Right. <laughs> than like, like homosexuality right. being a big one. being It was originally, like, th- th- what they're talking about in the Bible was Roman soldiers raping the little boys who held their shield. It is better for you to spill your seed in the belly of a whore than to waste any on the ground is right. a verse yes. <laughs> against masturbation. Yes. So, uh, yeah. So there was just a lot of that where I was starting to question things and didn't really have. I did have a pastor, uh, Matt McDonald, shout out. Shout out. Who uh, he was a youth pastor and he actually did get asked to leave the church because of the stuff that he was talking about. Um, like cool stuff or like cool stuff. stuff. Yeah. Good okay, stuff. Good, Opened yeah. my eyes to a lot of stuff. He kind of introduced me to Rob Bell. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there was a time at one of those church camps where, 
like everybody was because they have the as you said the worship service like the whole camp is you basically stay in bunk houses and then you go to a mega church and have yep. a worship service yep, and go nuts and go nuts. And so the, there were those and, and they get so emotional and they're like three hour long, like revival style services yep. and kids would be like falling to their knees and lifting their hands and crying and all this stuff. And I didn't feel a fucking thing. Wow. Yeah. And so I pulled Matt aside one night and was like, I just don't, I'm not, I'm not get. I'm not getting it. I'm not feeling it. I'm not experiencing whatever they're experiencing. And he was just like, yeah, man. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Happens. He was like, you probably need to like examine what you really believe and like take everything that you've been told and kind of throw it out and, and start from scratch. Wow. So I took everything I knew and threw it out and then I'm still waiting to start again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just kind of left it there. You're Matt. Uh, I see you're Matt and raise you one Justin Chandler. Mm. Shout out. Shout out. He was my youth pastor, and I still have a great relationship with him to this day. He is such a good guy, mm. and he he had a similar experience at our church that it sounds like your uh, dude kind of had. He Justin like left of his own fruition. Not not based off of anything like that. He was volition saying is the word you're looking for. Volition. Sorry. What is fruition? Um, is that anything? Coming to fruition is like when it actually happens. Okay, cool. Well, okay. Well, I mean, you weren't, yeah. What's that? What? <laughs> Continue. Justin Chandler. Say more. So, just, uh, Pastor Justin, he, he, you know, he left uh, on his, of his own devices. There. That, there, there you go. go. <laughs> I'm learning. <laughs> and uh, just because, you know, our, like, th- there was just some, like, scuttlebutt at the church and there's that's his always business. some some tit and tat right yeah and that's his business so I, and i won't you yeah. know we, we've had private conversations but needless to say he moved to california he lives in like costa mesa california now and he's gonna be on this show at some point that i'm very excited about yeah um but yeah i had a falling out with our church it, w- it was also after i started driving and but it was when I was like 17-ish, I think. I think I just turned 17, maybe. And I can pinpoint an exact moment. And I don't know if I've even told Justin about this. I was going to talk to him about it next time I saw him. But I don't know if he's listening right now. But this is my experience. Was I showed up a little late one Sunday morning. Because I had spent the night at a friend's house. Overslept my alarm. Made it to the church. Like... 10 minutes late and the church had recently started doing this new policy where the youth group the doors were locked so people couldn't get in once the service started for security reasons which let's just think about that idea for a moment yeah the whole idea <laughs> of a church youth group is being a place where the kiddos can come correct and get off the streets and away from the syringes Yep. And we are going to lock the doors like a professor right. <laughs> <laughs> if they're not on time. Anyway, it, it was uh, for security reasons or whatever, because, you know, people uh, kill each other in this country with guns. Oh, there was in like 20, aught nine, aught <laughs> eight, aught nine, yeah, <laughs> or wh- around that time when I was still in church, there was a big church killing. Yes, somewhere uh, around there. Somewhere in our area, like yeah. in Arkansas or something. So I do remember uh, they, our head pastor uh, had bodyguards for a while. He had like secret <laughs> service. Fuck yeah. And they had like in-ears yeah. where they could talk to <laughs> each other. 
That's fun. Um, anyhow, sorry. Anyhow, we so they're just locking the doors. No, no one to be admitted after the doors were locked. Mind you, I've been going to this church literally my entire life. You're a known person. I'm a known entity in this building. <laughs> yeah. And I walk in and I'm like, well, shit, I, I miss my op- Like, I guess I'll have to go to the main service, which is the adults. And uh, so I go, I start to walk that way, but then I see the twins, uh, these two twin girls who are my age, Katie and Emily, they were, uh, they were also student leaders like me, and so they had been tasked to go like get something from the church kitchen or something like that in a different part of the church and bring it back to the youth group or the youth room. And I know uh, where this is going, and it's so sad, right? And it like it no, oh, it legitimately like makes me really sad that this is how things ended because yeah. that place was an enormous part of my life, and uh, the end is not at all what I wanted it to be. But getting to it now. I'm like, oh, hey, Katie, Emily, what's up? We've known each other since we were infants. You guys can just like, let me in, right? Right. And they're like, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, like it was truly not even like, a, oh, he's breaking the rules. It was like, oh, Chance is here. Yeah. Like, he just needs to be let in. So I start walking back with them, and the guy guarding the door, uh, his name was John, and he was this, like, this jerk Kind of like he was one of those youth leaders that like loved getting over one on the kids. Oh, yeah. Like he was like a security guard. And like I think he like had tried to be in the army at one point or something. Maybe he was in the army. I yeah. don't know. He was like one a of failure. Those... <laughs> kind of. Yeah. He he was just like kind of a dick. Like yeah. he was a guy that you couldn't just like say something to. He'd always have like, a, oh, what, 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 what? Like, mm-hmm. like always trying to like, just like, he always had a little thing. He had, he had his little, little comment. He, he needed to get his little comment in with all of the fucking children. Yeah. And that's old angry Doyle. Right. Exactly. Very yeah. angry Doyle. And, uh, he was watching the door and we all start to walk in and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like when I try to walk in, he's like, whoa, 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 what are you doing, dude? And I was like, oh, I'm just uh, walking into church. Hey, how's it going, man? Like, it's me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was like, no, dude. You're late. Like, like you, you, you came late. You can't come in. I'm like, buddy, the door's open. Like, what are you talking about? I, I, I can't come in. Like, and we're talking about church, right? <laughs> this is the cloth, the house of the Lord. <laughs> exactly. He goes, no, man, you can't come in. I'm like, you are innkeepering me right now. Yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna send me out to the to the manger right now. Yeah. So and I'm I, gonna have Jesus. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I just looked at him. I'm like, are you? are you serious right now? And he was like, yeah, dude. And he was like trying to make this a teachable moment or something like that. Yeah. And I was just like, all right, fuck this. Bye. And then I walked out and I pretty much didn't go back. Like there were a few little moments there that like, like on big events or something, I might have popped in or something, but that was like the death of, of like going to church chants. Yeah. All God. over is just some like guy's fucking ego. Like right. and like but and again, not had nothing to do with Justin. Like Pastor Justin was to this day one of the like one of the greatest teachers I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. And he was like a very progressive youth pastor, like I don't know. And so like that just really pissed me off that this guy got in my way because I also I meant more to the youth group than yeah. he did. You know what I mean? Like people kind of didn't like him. He thought he was like kind of like a big shot tough guy walking around, but like mm-hmm. the other leaders like endured him. They yeah. weren't like like they ugh, whatever. 
So that's that was my thing. But I still consider myself I to, to once again bring up Pete Holmes. I consider myself a Christ-leaning spiritual person. Sure. So I believe something's out there. I believe there's a bigger story to this than what we know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's called. I don't know what its first and last name is. Yeah. The one I grew up with is Jesus H. Christ. Pronouns. So We're not sure. I don't know what the, yeah, I don't know what God's pronouns are necessarily. Yeah. But I believe something's up there. And the story I grew up with is the Christ story. So yeah. that's just sort of where I live with it. I'm not a practicing. I'm not a not not I don't pray really. But it's just like I just remember like my friends in high school coming up to me being like, I'm an atheist now. And I was like, who the fuck are you? Like, what do you mean? Like, you know, nothing like you like read right. Dawkins. You, you were reading some Richard Dawkins. Exactly. It's like, what do you do? You think you have everything figured out? Because I hated that in kids like my yeah. age thinking they have it all figured out because I was fortunate enough to have some foresight to be like, oh, I don't have it all figured out. Yeah. So yeah. I definitely went through phases where I thought I did. But yeah, I'm uh, to me, it's more unbelievable that. This would all be, and I'm I'm twirling my finger around the room to <laughs> Betwixt me, the room. <laughs> everything in the world and galaxy. It's more unbelievable to me that this is all an accident than there is some higher power. Yeah, you know, I I uh, I, I just don't think I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I haven't thought really about it. Read read into it. It just doesn't factor into my life. Uh, yeah, really at all. Because who's got the time? So let's go to high school. <laughs> yeah. High school Doyle. High school Doyle. Mr. Mr. Money in the Bank, kind of. Mr. Money in the Bank, kind of. I had a really good experience. Uh, yeah. I really enjoyed high school. Uh, again, was friends early on with older folks. Um, I was a sophomore, and most of my most of my friends were seniors sophomore year. Yeah. I like went to all of the senior events oh, like, wow. at the end of the year. Yeah. And, like I was like a an unofficial part of that class. Incredible. So then junior year I had to like reinvent myself essentially and become my own person. Hey guys, remember me? Yeah, hey, uh remember me? I'm in your class. Yeah. Sorry I hung out with those older guys. We had a guy like well. I knew guys like that. I had I always had older friends and stuff, but I still maintained like a primary uh, relationship with the kids my age. But yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. I um one student body president two years in a row. Fuck two yeah, senior year two term two term president two terms, two terms. H- has had not been done before or since. Wow. Yeah, um, that's which, electric. Again, it sounds like a flex, but we're talking about a rural school right. with like. 2,500 total people in it. <laughs> wow. Nixa was only like 1,600, so oh, really? bigger school than Nixa. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's there's so much to, to go into in high school, but, uh, you know, covered the... I was still in church up until junior year. Right. That's when I could, could drive. Um, hanging out with the senior class. I mean, again, just hosting, you know, talent shows and uh, did a couple... Musicals. Yes, you did. I was famously Kanicki in Greece. Uh-huh. And then even more famously, JB Bigley in How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. <laughs> yeah. Two great roles. Grand 
Old Ivy, stand firm and strong. Strong, strong, strong. Stand, Old Ivy, hear the cheering throngs. Were you Bigly? No, I was uh, Wally Womper oh, and, yeah, yeah. and Mr. Twimble. I played both oh, roles. Wally Womper was Company Way. He, he was, I play it the company. That was uh, yeah. That was Mr. Twimble. Oh, Mr. Mr. Twimble, Twimble yeah. was was. And my, I had two dis- distinct voices for the characters. Uh, Mr. Twimble was, Hello, I'm Mr. Twimble. I'm a quarter of a century man. I've been here in the mailroom for 25 years. I play it the company way. Wherever the company wants me there, I'll stay. And then... Uh, <laughs> fucking damn <laughs> the look on your face. And then for uh, Wally Womper, he's the CEO of the company. Oh, that's right. The chairman of the board and uh, Carrot Top. Yeah. And he uh, was... In the script, he is just supposed to be a New York businessman. Yeah, I found a handlebar mustache in the props costume, like in the in the costume loft, and I said Wally Womper is a Texas old man. Yeah, so I came in there. I'm Wally Womper. Where's that J.P. Pont Finch? <laughs> Kim Zusiak would have. Put you on the ground. <laughs> is that your drama? That's teacher? our yeah. That's our director. She, <laughs> she was put me away. She was very no nonsense. Oh good. <laughs> <laughs> she hated nonsense. Yeah. Um. But those were fun. Uh. Uh. We we ended up doing like a really abbreviated run of, I mean, uh, high school play uh, musicals are abbreviated anyway. But I think we only did How to Succeed once or maybe uh, twice. Wow. Because that year. We started practice. We started. Uh, we did like casting or whatever in January, and it was supposed to go in March. Well, we had like the huge snowstorm that closed school for like weeks, and we got weeks behind. And we all had to keep missing work and like put it calling into work and stuff. And eventually, we were like, okay, we need to just like put do this, put it up, and forget about it. Yeah, <laughs> so we we got to get out of here. We just like uh, scrimble shanked it. Wow. Well, that, um, and that was your high school acting career. And that was my high school acting career. I also did one act. Uh, I did one called "It's the End of the World as We Know It." Yeah, it's a great song. Like kids in high school, and I, I had a, I had a huge monologue in that one. Yeah, um, which was fun. And you were also like similar to me, uh, like a relatable, likable theater kid that could get along, kind of yeah. a chameleon, could get along with everyone, which was yeah. not always the case. A lot of the theater kids were uh, put put to the side, rightfully so. Theater kids are the most put upon people in the world. <laughs> Just everything is going wrong for them. I think a lot of the theater kids didn't like me because I was an that outsider. Makes sense. Yeah, I was an outsider who got cast in big roles because. I could carry my own. I was a, you know, I was a decent actor, you know, funny enough, and I could sing well enough to to make it work. And uh, so I would get cast in these bigger roles, and I think people didn't like me because I didn't, like, pay my dues. You weren't wearing a Les Mis t-shirt and watching Glee, like, with the rest of the cast? I was having sex. Oh, good, good. In a way, for them, that was uh, yeah. sex. Yeah, actually, that is absolutely untrue. I did not have sex in high school. Good for you. So. Staying strong. Yeah, it was. It was a choice. <laughs> it was yeah. definitely a choice. Yeah, I was. I was telling them, nope. Yeah, you stay away beating from beating them me. away with a stick. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, I mean, uh, g- gently uh, 
gently asking them not to. <laughs> gently begging them to stay away from my peen. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, uh, did, did you dated in high school though, right? I did date in high school. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. Let's see. You got you got any uh, got any wild stories? Um, no. Oh, okay, not really. Good. Tell a gen- like, what was it like to date in high school? So I um, I dated girls off and on, and they were. <laughs> this is so funny. Many of them were from different schools. <laughs> <laughs> of course they were. So it was the like she goes to a different school. <laughs> That's why you don't know her. <laughs> but they were real. They were real. Good glamour shots of her from the mall. I don't want to drop their names because I feel like that's weird. But uh, uh, one went to Fox High and yeah. one went to Hillsborough High. Yeah, the names have been changed to protect the innocent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the one that was in Hillsborough. Was Hillsborough was like 25 minutes from my hometown. So I would go and see her <laughs> and drive. In secret. The almost hour round trip. And yeah, her dad was a pastor. So it was very much in secret. Oh no, the I preacher's pull, daughter. I would pull up and turn my lights off mm-hmm. and like park far away. And she would like come out and get in my car. Um, but that's when... Uh, I really fell in love with Reliant K. <laughs> really fell in love with Reliant K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I listened to all their albums front to back. And then uh started dating a girl junior year. I guess it was maybe beginning of senior year that did go to my high school. Oh, good. Uh, and that was fun. Uh, we carried it into freshman year college, which was a mistake. Yeah, I'd say so. Never um, works well. No, I was at Mizzou. She was at Missouri State. Go Bears. I was Go Bears. I was a classic 19-year-old douchebag man where I was like, oh, I don't want you to go to parties because I'm not there. Yeah. And you're going to have sex with other men. Yeah. Um, I have since grown and realized what I've done. Um, oh yeah, I I had some of that shit too. Like I yeah, yeah, never. I, I true, truly, truly, never abusive or manipulative. Just like sad boy stuff. Yeah, just very like. Oh, I wish you weren't going to a party because I'm at Mizzou by myself. Um, so I moved, transferred to Missouri State to be with her, and then you ended up being with me. <laughs> Well, I told myself and my parents that I was transferring because I wanted to major in education. Yeah. And it's cheaper at Missouri State and they have a better education school, which were all true true things. Yes, absolutely. But a big part of the reason was uh, that I was clingy and didn't know how to be a human on my own. Correct. And was making a woman be my therapist. I'm glad that you've changed. Yeah. Um, She dumped me. Uh, like three months after I got there. Perfect. Because I was still very like, oh, you're still going to parties, and even though I'm here, I can't go to them. I figured we would have a picnic tonight instead. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's, uh, well, sort of wrapping up on the high school end of things, because we're we're talking about college, which is a big subject for these boys. Yeah. Uh, Did you have a teacher in high school that you, like, like is like was like your like Mr. Feeney, like a great mentor that years later you'll go in there and you'll be wearing glasses to show that time has passed and <laughs> you'll be like you set me on a course that was I never thought I'd ever be able to sail. Um, 
What was really fun in high school was I had really good relationships with all the teachers. Yeah, like I would I would same. goof with them and like I would just just hang around. You and I, I both were like somewhere between a student and a faculty member. Yes, yes, yeah. literally. Uh, I had these two guys, Jason Malone and Gene Bosch. Ah. Uh, <laughs> shout out to yeah. both of them. Yeah. And we would do this thing, which we sh- they shouldn't have done with a high school kid. Oh, and you said they're first and last name. <laughs> No, it's not like that. It's I hope not like they're that. not still working. <laughs> it wasn't bad, but it, we decided we're gonna do we're gonna tell each other jokes every Monday, and they were always on like really like uh, not joke worthy topics. Like we did a nine eleven week. We did a this was back when uh, Gaddafi got pulled out of his fucking bat cave, oh and my God, somebody knife. shoved like a knife up his ass. Yeah. Oh no. Um, so we we would like write jokes for each other, um, and that was fun. I mean, it, it was harmless. It was harmless fun. It was the three of us. Um, nothing weird happened there. Certainly. <laughs> yeah. The, the, your pants remained on the entire time. Yeah. Um, but I did have Camille Anderson, who was a big. Um, Influence to me just in the way shout of out. shout out just in the way of like treating me like an adult and like treating me with respect. Yep. And that, that goes sort of so thing. far. Yeah. For yeah. Kids that are like kind of have a certain level of emotional maturity in high yeah. school like you and I and Caleb and right. some of our other friends. Yeah. I can't say she was especially like uh, instructive or inspiring like giving me like sage advice or anything, but just the fact that she treated me that way. And I felt like I could go to her and talk about things and, uh, and that sort of thing, um, was really cool. We also had, who I think I've told you about Clary Hubbard, Clarence Dean Hubbard. Who, yes. Who was, uh, <laughs> yes, our, yes, our, yes. uh, we, we used to call him Captain Ahab cause he taught Moby Dick in his <laughs> class. So we call him Ahab, uh, Ahab cause Hubbard. Perfect. And, uh, he was just a, a a grumpy old codger, just a, a grumpy <laughs> old man. And I found out pretty early in having his class that we lived on the same street. Oh, perfect. So I would drive past him and throw my middle finger up out the window when he was outside. And he'd <laughs> turn around and throw his middle finger up at me. <laughs> and it was this little, I mean, we and you were his best friend. We were. And, and we would fight. We in his class we would fight so bad. Yeah, because he was just an unreasonable man, but we loved him for some reason. Yeah, and uh, you could tell that that uh, he really loved us uh, as well. Fucking a, prom king? Were you? No. Were you nominated? No. Okay. Well, sore subject. I can tell. We'll move on. I hated prom. I had a good time. Was it fun? I liked dancing. I remember there were some teachers at prom that were supposed to be chaperoning that I could smell had some wine on their breath that were like <laughs> getting in the mix with some of the dancing with the theater kids. Yeah. Like we because, you know, we were me and my little crew like we had our dates uh, that some of them were actually dating and romantic with. But it was for most for the most part, just like a big party. Yeah. And we just stood in the middle of the dance floor and just just really cut a rug. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, everyone else was like with the teachers. Yeah, exactly. A little yeah. Jason Malone, Gene Bosch situation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we did the uh, we, we I think I think we must have done probably nine uh, dirty dancing lifts. Good in the middle Good of deal. that dance floor. Yeah. The principal loved that. Yep. Just like oh cool, it's just concussion city down there. It's just a wet <laughs> dance floor <Yeah. laughs> with teens fucking <laughs> daggering. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> 
DP on the dance floor. <laughs> I do one one fun little prom story. Um, they have like the the pre prom dinner, right? Of course. And uh, the DJ plays like some some dinner music, some white you know little dinner music yeah. with, with some acoustic like Sinatra. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this DJ. Um, is playing music and I kind of noticed that he was not behind the table for a long time. And I also kind of noticed that we had been hearing Jesse McCartney's beautiful soul <laughs> like for a long time. Yeah. I don't want to never go to wish. I want just to go. I want you and your beautiful soul. Uh, beautiful. Um, that was really good. I think we nailed that one. So I realized what happened is he like went out to smoke or to like fuck his little girlfriend in the back of a van or something. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and just left the the computer on, and it was just looping this song. We heard it probably four or five times while we were eating dinner. Good. Like it was the mo- majority of dinner. <laughs> Did you not get up and change it? No. I thought that was where the story was going, was you'd go, "Eh, eh," and saunter over and go, put on the dead. Who wants to dance? (laughs) Yeah, well, that's fun. I, and, you know, we both had had a little Hellraiser in us uh, in high school, too. Uh, You famously taught me the game of chuck a penny. At a, oh, at, a at an oncoming car yeah. to crack if, their windshield. If you're sitting on the driver's side, you can keep your hand down below the door where they can't see it, and you can just throw change out like as they're passing on a two-lane road, and you'll just be like, <laughs> <laughs> You also used to throw them at signs, which is not as fun. Yeah, not as fun. Probably way safer. Yeah. But you were some rascally little boys. We got uh, we got around. Um, Nick Carlton, shout out. Ah. Uh, famously, so there there was a Chick Fil A that had just opened in our community, and the Fox High Fox was there. Oh, I know this story because their uh, Fox's logo or Fox's mascot is the Warriors, but the, even they know not to have someone out there <laughs> in a racist costume. Correct. Yeah. So they had a fox. And it was this big fucking red, goofy-looking fox. Uh, red fox. Stanford and Son. <laughs> yeah, red fox is standing out there. You big dummy! <laughs> what the fuck? Lamont! Screaming about Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, so we see this fox, and we're like, oh, shit, dude. We gotta we gotta take advantage of this. This is so bad. I can't believe I'm telling this story. So we... Uh, you also said uh, the guy, the perpetrator's first and last first name. And last, yeah. I'm saying a lot of first and last names. Yeah. Uh, we went to QT, and Nick got a... See you later. Uh, got a, a 44 ounce fruit punch. Oh, <laughs> brimming, <laughs> brimming. No ice. <laughs> 44 oh. ounce of just 44 ounce straight. And we're going by, and he's in the passenger seat of my car. <laughs> and he's you're holding. The the, you're the wheel man. He's holding the cup, uh, with the bottom of the cup on his palm of his hand. Oh. So that he could put it out the window and kind of fire it like shot almost like a it. football. Yeah, like yeah. shot put. And we're like, man, you only get one shot at this. Because if you do it, if you don't do it, we're not obviously going to go back. Go try again. <laughs> and we drive by and Nick goes out the window and throws this thing. And when I tell you, it's as if there was a target on this fox's chest. Oh, no. 
<laughs> it hit the fox directly in the chest and just exploded <laughs> all over the fox costume. <laughs> <laughs> It was like an episode of Glee where they throw the fucking slushies at everybody. <laughs> this poor person. Oh, and it was definitely like a 10th grader in yeah, costume. Exactly. Oh, jeez. And somebody, I'm sure the, the uh, athletics director was pissed about it because that was the mascot costume. Oh, yeah. They got fruit punch. <laughs> yeah, and it had like a white tummy. Right. It could have been Sprite and been fine, but you guys went with the red one. Fruit punch with no ice, famously. Oh, my God. We, uh, there was a night where... One of my fr- my friend Bree, shout out Bree. Uh, she lives in LA now. She hosted a uh, scavenger hunt night, and it was like the class two classes before us had done this big scavenger hunt that was like basically an all illegal scavenger hunt, like sure. all illegal things to do and accomplish and film yourself doing or take photos of yourself doing. Go yell fire in a crowded theater. Exactly, shit yeah. like that, and like the. Their version of it was way more hardcore than ours. Theirs was like, get in a stranger's car uh, at a stoplight, knock a stranger out like with one punch downtown. Suck the mayor's dick. Exactly. (laughs) Like theirs was fucking, uh, cow tipping was one of theirs. Oh, come on. But the the stipulation was you had to be all from the same guy's cow field. So uh, this guy got smart on him and started firing live rounds uh, into the <laughs> yeah. darkness Tommy at the high school. Yeah, exactly. But ours was a little more tame, but fire in the hole was one of them. Yeah, and we felt horrible doing it the entire time it was happening. But it's like, what are you going to do? And so we did We did the fire in the hole. We you know, flashed people. I did not do any of the flashing. Uh, penises and balls or butts? Uh, we had a, a a young lady flash her boobies. Oh uh, no! She wanted to. Right. She it was like she was you know she was just like one of the pals that was like oh sure I got this one sure. and it was out the window of the car so sure. it wasn't like that big of a deal but uh, <laughs> it wasn't that big. Hey, be cool, man. Hey, man, relax. Uh, but uh, yeah, we get, we got into some uh, some weird uh, you know the the fucking uh, I think. And God damn, I don't know if this is bad to say, but we called it the Chinese fire drill. Oh, that's bad. Where you jump out of the car at a red light and, run and around. change spots. Yeah. yeah. So that's something. Uh, but yeah, high school, we, we it, both had a nice time, I think. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. And I mean, I have thousands of other stories of us not doing stupid stuff like that. But it's interesting that the two of us would do those things because we... Uh, you still are. I certainly was a famous rule follower. Yes, uh, back then. So there, there were plenty of times I was like, oh, I don't really know about that, guys. Oh yeah, me and my my friends would climb onto the roofs of buildings, and I would stay in the car. Yeah, because I'm like, I don't care to be on the roof of the building yeah. and get a trespass or whatever the fuck is gonna. Because I was always just very conscientious of. The does the risk outweigh the reward, yeah. or or vice versa? Like to me, being twenty feet in the air isn't worth the uh, having to be like run away from a security guard or whatever the fuck it was. So to me, it's a product of being raised by a single mother. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I that's where I trace a lot of that back to is like my sensibility. I think comes from that, and comes from like. I don't know, just that maternal 
maternal instinct. and also maybe a little bit not wanting to shake things like not make things harder. Yeah. You know, like not have to bother your mom with like yeah. and now he's in trouble now again. He's in jail, yeah. Well, my 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 parents and I, and I did have a stepdad enter the picture when I was 10 or 11. My parents famously didn't care what I did, really. Like Same. They would, they would let me do whatever, and yeah, I, I always just ended up making the right choices. Yeah, me too. And my like my mom, uh, for a while there, would be like, and I know you were probably doing some stuff. I was like, truly, I wasn't. Yeah, truly, truly I was Truly, it was me and my buddies having a great time, not drinking, not smoking, not doing anything wrong. I think I had maybe three beers in high school. Really? Okay. Like we, the entirety of high school. Yeah. It's like we just, I just wasn't that kid. We would go out and let's like fucking use our imaginations to have yeah. fun. Senior year of high school, I would go over to my friend Josiah's house and we would have Nerf gun wars in his basement. Yeah. And these are people who are having sex at this point. <laughs> like, like the, I was going to say, this is in between you guys just having a fuck set right exactly we would go and you know the old the old stud would would sidle up to a mare and and uh, the old horizontal dance <laughs> the beast with two backs which was the name of our two prof team it was let's get to college so you famously went to mizzou first as you said Mizzou college Tell us a little bit about that and how you kind you went to Mizzou for a year, but also ten years. It seemed yeah, you, you had a I, lot I stayed of really close with with those people. So I went to Mizzou because that's just kind of where you went uh, at that point. Missouri State is more popular now, even in the last uh, God almost ten years. I graduated high school. Holy Lord, uh, Missouri State has definitely gained popularity, but back then. You went to Mizzou, or you were nothing. Yeah, and I especially didn't, in St. Louis. Yeah, and I didn't know what I, at least in St. Louis, sure. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Still don't, surprise. Spoiler alert, still don't know what I want to do. <laughs> but, <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I was like, yeah, I guess I'll do, like, uh, journalism or something, you know. So I went and did, like, the pre-journalism. I, I did not get directly admitted to the journalism school because my grades were not good enough. But I did like the pre-journalism, you know, general general ed classes, that sort of thing. And Mizzou is really where I found improv. Um, they had MU Improv um, that ran in tandem with Comedy Wars. MU Improv was the long-form group. Comedy Wars was the short-form group. They kind of stayed separate, but ultimately everybody kind of knew each other. And I just knew I wanted to do improv. It was one of those things kind of like you where growing up I read about Second City and I read about IO and I knew about these theaters and I knew about improv and it's where all these people that I loved had started. And so I knew... Oh, I thought you were going to sneeze. No, I was just <laughs> yawning because this is so fucking boring. Hey, uh, man. <laughs> uh, please. Go Tigers. Um, go Tigers. M-I-Z. So, uh, Z-O-U. So, um, that's where I kind of got... I just... I just like found I, I asked like my RA or something like where where's the improv team yeah and just like showed up to MU improv once and uh, a lot of the people I met that first night I'm still friends with uh, I'll do I'll do a list like your list yep. Steve Sheehan shout out Clint Cannon shout out Eric Dude shout out Sarah Dennis shout out uh, Dylan Cassidy shout out uh, I don't talk to Dylan much anymore, but... Uh, well, no one does. He's around. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, I met all those people, and that was who I hung out with. They kind of took me under their wing, and, you know, again, me hanging out with older people continues to be a trend, which comes from, getting back to the single mother thing, my mom at that age, you know, she was in her 20s, 
by the time I could like understand what was going on. Yeah, yeah. And she was hanging out with all her college friends. So I had to like learn to hang out with them too. Or I was just like a kid playing by himself. Right. Yeah. So I yeah. was always doing like famously I would do Matt Foley motivational speaker in Aww. front of these and I was like six years old in front yeah. of these college kids. So I think that's where the hanging out with older people comes from, this like early emotional maturity thing. Yeah, I would put on little performances for my parents' friends as well. Yeah. Yeah. So MU Improv's where it started and then, you know, I got to know the Comedy Wars guys and I was only there a year. So I tried out for Comedy Wars. Got to, like, the final, final round, and they took Kyle Gunby over me. You're kidding. Which I'll never forget. No shout-out for for Kyle. (laughs) And it's because (laughs) Kyle was friends with Clint before that. Oh, nepotism. I mean, he deserved I mean, you know, Kyle, you know, Kyle's Kyle, but. (laughs) um, Kyle's going to be Kyle. Kyle's going to be Kyle. But uh, I stayed friends with those guys because we, the, the audition process was so long and, like, you hang out with them and, like, you do a show with them and everything. And so when I went to Missouri State, I reached out uh, ahead of time per Clint's recommendation because he knew Cassidy Flynn. Shout out. Shout out. And uh, oh, I forget the other girl's name. Christy? No, 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 not Christy. Someone who was involved that we never were involved with. Oh, uh, that that might have been Cecilia. It C- was. Cecilia It Tripp. was Cecilia, yeah. yes. I forgot her name, but I know Cecilia. Shout out to you, Cecilia. Shout out. Um, who just had a baby. Congratulations. Um, so I reached out to them and was like, hey, and I'm sure this came off the entirely wrong way. Because <laughs> what I meant by it was, hey, I'm coming from Mizzou. We have a really cool thing going. I would love to like bring some of this energy here and like help really build an empire down here. Yeah. Which I think they took as like, I'm a hot shot. I'm coming for your job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got a big old wang and I'm going to slang it. And honestly, that is exactly what you did. You, and that is, yeah. You did. You truly did change improv for young people in Springfield, Missouri forever. That feels good. Yeah. And I think, I, I mean, no no sole credit to myself. It's because of the, the collective that we built. But, yeah, I mean, we we really committed ourselves, you know, uh, there in the, in the early days. Christy McCarthy, Michael Reeser, Devin shout Solons, out, shout out, shout out. Rebecca Bouchard, shout Alec Herr. Shout out. Uh, Emily Ogle. Shout out. Who is Emily, what's her name? What's your? She she got married. I don't know. Well, anyway, I was never on this team because I couldn't be because I was in the BFA program. So when you got, do you oh. remember we auditioned the same night? Yeah, and uh, you were wearing like a suit and had like your MU Improv pin on like your sh- on your backpack. Yeah, and uh, I went with Michael Reeser to the improv audition for the team was called Grin and Barrett, like yeah. Bears back then. It was a short form team that did like one or two shows a semester to no audience. And I auditioned for it because I loved improv. I've been doing improv forever, like in high school and like. You know, as a kid and whatnot. So, like, improv's always been a huge part of my life. And I get to college, and they're like, well, you're in the BFA program, so you can't perform anywhere for your first semester. And, well, the audition in the first show is in the first semester, so I couldn't do it. But Michael uh, Reeser was like, hey, you should just come and do the audition just to do the audition. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And I did it, and that's where I saw you for the first time. Well, and I think this gets to something that we don't, 
probably talk about very often. We didn't didn't like each other. We had we did not like each other at, at the, the beginning. beginning. No, which I think is makes a lot of sense. Yes, because it was like two uh, two people who thought that they were the big comedy guy. Yeah, bumping heads. Yeah, and it's similar with me and Caleb as well. Right. Right. Yeah. So we. Uh, I remember we like wrote a constitution because to be a to be a student, I was like, we need to make this a legitimate student organization so we can start getting funding, we can start booking spaces, all that kind of stuff. So to do that, you had to have a constitution. So I think us and Michael and Devin like sat together and in uh, the annex. Yep. And pounded wrote, out and pounded out this constitution. The founding fathers. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, you know the the rest was history, but yeah, it, it, I think it was interesting, and I'm glad now to see it. I don't know if any current Missouri State Improv people listen, but it's so cool to see the team now and how it's evolved. I mean, obviously, when we started, it was a bunch of white guys, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah, and it is it is certainly diversified. It certainly has a different voice, but it's still going. It's still going strong. And it's crazy. It's great that it's still going because oftentimes, like. Our crew was extremely passionate about comedy. Yeah. And many of us are still working in comedy. And so when you have a special group, I'll call it like that, it's very easy for it to seem like this is going to go on forever. And then not like shit talking the people after us, but like it makes it it had every opportunity in the world to just kind of become a not a thing anymore. And it did. I think for a while we were worried it was it. It was a pretty, the group kind of dwindled and it had its... There was like a lot of infighting yeah. and whatnot, but I, I am not about to discuss the politics of a college improv team. I don't <laughs> On a think. podcast. Right, yeah. But, Who cares? Uh, you know, it's, sometimes you got to let the inmates run the asylum. Yeah. But I'm just interested in the fact that you, and what I meant by you changing improv for young people is, you know, there was the skinny improv. Like Springfield has a very rich improv culture because yeah. of the skinny improv and how it was this great institution early on, and then it, the later parts of its life became a very toxic and terrible place. Sadly, yeah. Uh, and there was like one guy kind of ruining it for everybody else, and it became this weird uh, place where. It wasn't very welcoming for young people to go into improv and stuff. And I was like, there was the big split, the skinny clothes from the ashes of the skinny Springfield improv and Moon City improv rose. And I've talked about Moon City improv on this podcast with like Bailey, who yeah. uh, shout out Bailey, who was in in it with me. But I had the the first time I met Bailey was there was such horrible. an uncomfortable, horrible, not a story we really have to get into. Right. But I would love to talk to Bailey now and be like, what was that? Right, right, right. Well, because everybody thought that like, well, and this is what I'm getting at is everyone had an idea of in Springfield, like the Springfield locals of what improv was supposed to be. And we all were so like traumatized from like the bullshit that we had to go through with this local theater. And then like we do moon city. And at first it's this awesome, like the opposite of all the problems the skinny had and had all of its strengths, none of its weaknesses. But then it slowly started to like naturally get kind of bad, not fun. And then like, that was right when Missouri state improv was really like, cause we, whenever the constitution was written, it changed from grin and Barrett to just Missouri state improv. Yeah. 
doing weekly long form shows so and one of the best choices we ever made. Was correct. Changing the fucking name. <laughs> right. And doing weekly shows. That was so important to me that we did weekly shows. Yep. Weekly long form shows that it was the most fun I'd ever had in my life doing improv because yeah. I was finally like in high school. I had a blast with my buddies doing improv but we were doing it for like no audiences except for the classroom. So now we're like doing it for like a meager sized audience, which we'll get into that later. Mm -hmm. uh, but with the other people, my age that all had like so much exciting energy ahead of them, as opposed to like having to babysit the ego of grown ass men that were uh, jaded and like projecting their jadedness onto the young people that they cast in their yeah. shows. And so that was like your creation shook up and gave an alternative to the funny kids at Missouri State who otherwise would have had to go take a class downtown and get put into that meat grinder. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there was, I mean, there were certainly times as the leader of the group where I probably stepped on a lot of toes and made a lot of people feel a lot of different ways. Certainly. <clears throat> but it's just because, I mean, you and I know certain people uh, for a fact that didn't like me or working with me. Yep. And, I mean, it just came from, I was so passionate about that team. It was my baby, and I wanted it to be successful and I had a very specific vision for it and because you saw how cool it could have been I saw by, how cool from it could Mizzou. have been yeah. yeah and I saw what they did there and I was like we could have this we could do this and we did yeah ultimately and you know I I certainly said some things I didn't mean and you know like I said probably grinded some gears but that's that's bygones. Hey. I've I've spoken to several of those people since then, and and we've we've buried the hatchet. That's business, baby. Yeah. Well, and also you know like it's we we're also balancing our lives as like full time college students. You became the governor of the school, yeah, like the student governor, and so like yeah, they're at the tail end of like your time running the team. It kind of got to a point where it's just like just fucking get me to the finish line, yeah. And we all went through that because like and then. We're skipping it. We're just talking about the improv portion of college right now, I guess. But like I was vice president when you were president, your senior year, my junior year. And I just remember like everyone being so like the, like it, it became it was the or it was the beginnings of people like getting mad at the exec board. Yeah. And it's just like, but I'm sorry, guys. We're also all just fucking trying to graduate, too. Yeah. And uh, that but 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 all that to say. The shows that the, the the like the culture that we were able to create around like live comedy on campus at that school was so goddamn special mm -hmm. because like I said we took it from we watched in real time it go from Grin and Barrett <laughs> which was like didn't have us we had to literally find just an open space on campus yep couldn't even sell out a show in the balcony theater which seats like. Like you it were probably like 35 people at a show or something or in the art annex. We did show the worst ones we did were on that platform outside of Strong Hall. Yeah, yeah. Outdoors. Where the giant uh, woman statue is holding the, the earth. Yep. We sincerely played to no one. Yep. One time. Yeah. Just like, all right, well, we we got the space. Got to do something. Yeah. And we took it from that to... By the time Caleb and I were stepping on stage and like the end of sort of your senior year going into the beginning and throughout my senior year, 
averaging 200 plus people every yeah. single week yeah per show and that is special of organic growth i mean we did very little to market ourselves yeah. really i think it was all just people would come and ha- i mean we did the facebook you know events and stuff like that but i truly think people were coming and having a good time and inviting their friends yeah to come and yeah, it very much. I I felt like those were some of my favorite performances all time. Yeah, and it was very, um, very free flowing. It, it was long form, and there were we were breaking a lot of rules. Yep, <laughs> we were breaking a lot of rules. We did, were you at the show where I like bloodied my face with chairs yes, and you jumped yeah. through? You tried to jump over like six chairs. Yeah, and I like landed hard. And I like my I got all cut up and bloodied. And we did the Cliff Smart shows where oh we, yeah we had the president of the university come and and he was our Armando Diaz and he did monologues for us. Yep, and he took suggestions from the crowd and just told like a off the cuff story. Yeah, I mean it was really very fun. It was super cool, and he's like the biggest celebrity on that campus. Oh like, yeah, he's like. Very much a known president. Like there yeah. are some schools where it's like, what's the president's name? Cliff was like a guy at that school, oh, yeah. and Everyone he would come knew. and he would always love it. Like he always had a great time, yeah. which was super fun. Yeah, uh, we did. We do that, and like the special events things were super cool, like the festivals and the twelve-hour marathon. What was your favorite festival we ever did? Oh, I mean, I think you got to say Bellwether, Ohio State. Which one? Which year? Oh. I don't. They all kind of blend together for me at this point. But uh, there was. I guess it must have been my senior year when we went. Was that when we got in the car accident? Yes, that was your senior year. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was a good one. Um, Bellwether Eighth Floor Improv at Ohio State is truly, truly a dynasty, and is like what uh, Missouri uh, MU Improv was modeled after, and then what Missouri State Improv was modeled after. And they just put on a huge festival with really, really good. The first time I ever saw improv and was like, oh, holy shit, this can be this, was at Ohio State, one of the professional teams. Yeah. They would get such good professional teams to come in and just blow everyone out of the water. And they would do workshops with the pro teams the next day. Yep. Um, And that was, I mean, I, I just, that festival was so, I still have. People I'm still friends with that I met there. Yeah, you know, me that too. Either came to Chicago or that I killed. killed, killed, killed <laughs> that you killed. That I killed. <laughs> that I still keep in touch with is what I was trying. The to Harvard say. kids you met. We almost killed all the Harvard imp- improv kids. We stayed. W- did we stay with them one time? Yeah, we stayed with some kids from Harvard, and they were the biggest fromps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I almost stole one of their ties because these yeah. stupid fucking kids, you know, they're, they've been around forever, this college and this team, like this comedy team that they do there. And they wear these neckties when they perform or like have them in their pockets or whatever that like the original founding member. It's like a passed down from generation to generation. It's like a Harvard Lampoon thing. Yeah. I almost took one of those ties. Oh, by the way, I have a gift for you. Don't let me forget when we go back to my car. Oh, okay. If we do. It's a... Uh, what? Continue. It's a fucking the uh, lead poisoning to the skull is yes, what he's talking it's about. A lead pipe. He uh, no, well, no, we uh, well, yeah. I almost took one of their ties off. Of, they, it was like just sitting on the couch, and I was like, oh, I could just take this and burn it. But then they would know it was. Hmm. I wonder who took it. Is it the white trash team that we're forced <laughs> to share a room with? The state school. Right. They went and got a hotel, and I slept in front of the front door of that house. I will say, staying at 
some of those college apartments was one of the worst experiences of my life. Oh yeah, Never every single one of them was so uncomfortable. I one year at because uh, Mizzou did a good festival too. Commotion. One year at Commotion, I slept sitting upright in, in a, a chair. chair. <laughs> That was the morning that you woke us all up by clapping your hands together slowly, going, all right, all right, all right, it's the Dallas Buyers Club. (laughs) (laughs) Those festivals were like some of the greatest times of my life just because it was so, it was like getting to go to a convention of other freaks. Yeah, yeah. Like you would go to parties and I remember so it was so because it, it was everybody yes anding each other you could bit with anyone you at could those parties. you could walk in and just go up to a stranger and do a bit for an yeah. hour hello Mr. Mayor they'd and be like, like well hello ah, ah yes <laughs> the dignitary from a people town yeah. has the floor <laughs> like, and it was so stupid right <laughs> but it was great. and we were all drinking like animals and oh yeah I remember one time it was at the uh, commotion I think it was that same trip where you sat upright in a chair. Yeah. A bunch of, it was in, uh, at Mizzou, a bunch of sorority girls walked into yeah. the party thinking that it was a frat party because they were like, they had wrong directions or something. They were going to one party, but they ended up at ours. And one of them came up to me and was just like, hi, um, what chapter is this? I was like, oh, this is an imp- this is the improv festival party. Like, And so there's like eight different college improv teams yeah. here. And it's just all goofballs. And she was like, okay, uh, I, I was wondering, because, like, everyone here is, like, being, like, really, like, loud and, like, <laughs> talking weird, and I don't know what's going on, and yeah. it feels like they're all acting, like, not being themselves. <laughs> and like, I was like, yeah, it's, it's, it, everyone's committing to the bit, which is a nightmare. And then I made out with that girl on the front porch. I pooped my pants at that party. Uh, Michael Reeser got robbed at that party. Michael Reeser <laughs> got robbed at that party because he was making out with someone. Um... I put my pants at that party, and the gentleman who whose house that was just got married this weekend. He did. Shout out, Drew. Congratulations, <laughs> Drew Durstein. Uh, this is the first time I'm admitting this to you. I shit my pants at your house. He pooped his pants. <laughs> he also, uh, that was the party that you started Fuck That Ghost. I did start Fuck That Ghost, and I don't know why I was saying that. Nope. A big part of uh, co- of improv parties in general, not even just college improv parties, is chance like C H A N T S? Like, yeah, thank you. Like chanting things yeah. in unison. My favorite of all time. Pretty obvious, I think. You know where I'm going with this is. I think it was started by like that CIC crew of dudes, like Louis Saunders yeah. and uh, whoever else was there. Farrell and Farrell and Jordan and stuff. Where they'd get the whole fucking party, like 200 plus people jumping up and down, going. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. Somebody once told me, and they would repeat that. You get louder, louder every, and then sometimes you bring it back. Somebody once told me the world was gonna roll me, and we would do that for I'm not kidding, five minutes of just chanting that same thing because no one would want it to end, and then it would devolve into. One year at Ohio State, we were jumping up and down, doing doing All Star for like three and a half, four minutes, and then the chants like grew from that because we were all in that mood, and someone started chanting like, "No more bits, no more bits, no more bits," and then it turned into, "I can't die, I can't die, I can't die." That was probably. 
by Dylan Cassidy. Dylan's big on I Can't Die. That's <laughs> perfect. Well, and then uh, some kid from Ohio State stood in the center of the room and screamed, I want my nips to touch the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, and we lifted and, him yeah, up. Me, like you, like I think Tim Keck from uh, Glory, Glory Days, Days, the New York pro team. Just yeah. three like large fellas. Put put this kid through the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. we, we Some were, little pipsqueak. Right? We were like breaking the ceiling <laughs> with this kid's body. And he was just like, oh, yeah. I also famously would uh, start the national anthem at those yep. parties. Sing the national anthem. Just do the national anthem with Me everyone. and uh, Dan Leo, shout out Dan Leo from Mizzou Improv, we yeah. would uh, pick out a nemesis at the first night party. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, there would be like the first night show a party, wake up the Saturday morning, do workshops, do the shows at night, and then a party, the closing night party. At the first night party, me and Dan Leo would scout out <laughs> the room and be like, who's going to be our nemesis for this weekend yeah. <laughs> Like from the other school? The really fun thing about those, which we got to experience both as college improv people and then as the prof- quote-unquote professionals, uh-huh. is the mingling you get to do with the professional teams. Oh, yeah, absolutely. people. Like at the first commotion when I was there freshman year, Cook County Social Club was the professional yeah, team. Yeah, fucking and like hey. Tim, we hung out with Tim Robinson. Right. Like <laughs> before he was anything, we were like just chilling with those guys and so that was so that was so formative for me wanting to like really wanting to commit to go to Chicago and do improv was meeting like Farrell Walsh and Jordan Gargillo and Louis Saunders and you shout know, outs I, all I mean, I could yeah, I can name I can name names for an hour, but uh, talking to those guys and uh, they would because they would do a, an insane set, the funniest thing you'd ever seen. Yep. And then they'd show up to the party and you'd be like, oh my god, these are fucking titans. Yeah. Of so, this thing that we all love and are passionate about. Yeah. So we yeah. experienced it as college kids and is ultimately I think what inspired a lot of us to hard commit to it but then what was really cool is we got invited to a couple colleges to be the professional teams yeah i got to do both bellwether as a pro and uh mizzou yeah which was like my two bucket i was like if i could go back to these festivals that i like really found this intense love and like a guide like a guidebook kind of from talking to these older people about it if i could go back and do those that's like my improv like all right and i did it Right. Yeah. And so it was I mean, it was so cool to be on the other end of it and to know the feeling of the pros walking into the party and being like, oh, fuck, there's that guy that did that thing. And like, um, I think ultimately and what I want to what I want to get at with this podcast is I think at least myself and maybe several other people feel this way. I've had several peaks Yeah, yeah. I I think there are just seasons of life where you're doing really cool stuff and you're really, you know, pushing your own boundaries, learning, growing, doing cool things. And then there are seasons of life where you're not doing as much and you're just kind of maintaining and working and whatever. And at the end of the day, who cares? You know what I mean? Correct. Who yeah. cares about peaking? We've all had several peaks. We've all had times where things were better for us, times when things were worse for us. Sometimes all in one day. Sometimes all in one day. Like, I'm certainly at a point now, we, we talked about it at the beginning, but I just work, you know, I'm a project manager. I just go in and, right. and work, and uh, in my in my off time, I hang out with friends and go to the park and listen to records, and like, yeah. not doing anything particularly remarkable, but I know that 
there is something else out there. I oh, don't absolutely. know what that is. I don't know in certain terms where, what city, what I'll be doing, but I know that there is another peak up the mountain. Which is why I'm glad you're a guest is because, and I was going to say this earlier, but it's like, yeah, I have, you know, actors, comedians, whatever the fuck on, but you're a person who the story the, the, the story is not done being written, which none of those people's are either, but right. like you're very much in between peaks right now. Yeah. Like, cause yeah, we got to do a lot of our bucket list items that we had when we were like bright eyed, bushy tail college kids uh, sitting around at Applebee's having half priced apps in Springfield, Missouri, talking yeah. about all the things we wanted to do. Like once we leave. Oh, and I mean, that's that's ultimately a big part of why I left Chicago and I, I left kind of abruptly. But it was because I just got to a point where I was like, man, I kind of did a lot of the stuff I want to do. I performed at Second City. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't on main stage or anything no like shit. that. But, <laughs> but, you know, I got to do, uh, you know, four, whatever, four or five nights, whatever those writing six shows are. Yeah. Uh, at Second City on the fucking stage. And, like, yeah. that was great for me. And, you know, IO Cage Match, setting a new record. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, I, never in my wildest dreams would I imagine that that would happen. And taught classes, took classes. And so I just kind of got to a point where I was like, I either have to really commit to it and do it or go back home and, and figure out something else. Yeah. And you're skipping ahead to the Chicago parts. We're still in college here. Yes. I, cause you know, the, the festivals were great. A lot of very fond memories, you know, the car accident. Alec and I talked about that in his episode. <sighs> oh my God, dude, I, I sincerely, sincerely thought I w- we were going to die. Yep. I have PTSD from that day oh, to this yeah. day driving on the highway. Oh, yeah. Like Not an exaggeration. Fast. I was nope. like, oh, we're going to die. Yeah. It felt like it is an unexplainable feeling. It felt like we were in the middle of a foxhole in Vietnam or yeah. something. Like cars were flying in, getting fucked up all around us. Like I'll never forget looking at that car down in the, in the uh, median area, the grass mm-hmm. median. That was just like launching the, itself. The Jeep off that of, was yeah. driving over the rail. Yeah. And it was just getting torn to pieces and not stopping. Yeah. So what happened was <sighs> we were coming back from I guess it had to be Ohio, right? It was Ohio State. Yep. You're we driving year. across Indiana and it was what was it, Winter Storm Winter Storm Olympia. Olympia. It was you, me, Adam, Yaley, shout out and Alec. Yeah. And uh, we were in a rental car that we had gotten from Enterprise. And because we were an official organization, shout out back throwback to me saying it's important that we're an official organization we had the rental car covered by the university yup so we're driving across this indiana highway indiana blows chunks specifically Terre Haute, Indiana. specifically Terre Haute. but if you're from indiana i'm sorry but fuck you and the state you rode in on yep <laughs> um but it just suddenly started blizzarding like yeah. not it started snowing like gently and then it became a blizzard it suddenly was like whiteout. Fubar. And so everyone on the highway started locking up their brakes, and it became a huge, like, 70 or 80 car pileup. Because a truck, a semi truck had flipped. A semi truck had flipped at the front. Flipped, like, horizontally over uh, multiple lanes. Yeah. So there was no visibility. Was Adam driving at this point? Adam was driving, yes. So there was no visibility, and we're just slamming on brakes, and we see cars, like, careening past us. Because they can't stop because it's yeah, slick. Like on a skating rink. And then we get fucking rammed in the back. Somebody yep. going like 60 or 70 yep. miles an hour. And I we like all yell. I famously was like, oh, <laughs> no. Yeah. 
And it was that moment where I was like, oh, all these cars are going to keep hurtling at us and we're going to die. Just get torn to pieces. Yeah. yeah. Adam went, I see him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Adam so calmly pulled the car like way over to the right shoulder. Yeah. And, and got like, us, we like went into the ditch. Too. We went into the ditch. Yeah. And we eventually like, we just went. We just like drove off. I was yeah. like, just get off the highway. Yeah. And we got off, and it's still fucking blizzarding, and we're, like, all calling our parents and stuff and trying to figure out. Because the whole back end of the car was crunched in. Yeah, we could still drive it, but it was fucked. You couldn't open the trunk or anything. Yeah, we had to get our bags from the back in through the back seat. Yep. Um, so we took it back to, I mean, we drove it all the way from Indiana to southwest Missouri like that. And dropped it off <laughs> uh, on a Sunday night. And we didn't know... That that was acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. But I called them at uh, 8.01 the next morning, Monday morning, and was like, hey, like I called somebody Enterprise and like told the situation. We have the insurance, but I'm sorry we left it like that. I'm sorry this happened. Yeah. <laughs> the guy was like, oh, most people don't even call. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. It's like, oh, of course, it's Enterprise. You know how many of their cars get fucking smashed every <laughs> yeah. single day? Like, this is nothing. I just drank a fifth of vodka. Dare me to drive? That was about it. Yeah, we were drunk also. The <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were all drunk. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I truly thought we were going to die as well, which yeah. was so fun to deal with. But let's talk about, you know, you were you were the student governor, mm-hmm. but also we were doing some fun stuff. You and Caleb ran uh, It Gets Worse, the storytelling show out of yeah, the apartment. Yeah, so fun. And uh, also, more so famously, you and I would go on some pretty legendary just drives around town. Yeah. Just chatting. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite things to do is drive around, windows down, music up, and just kind of cruise when the weather's nice, get a good breeze going. Because, uh, you know, sitting in one place. Fuck it. Fuck it. You just see that one set of view. Yeah. But if you're driving around, you're seeing all kinds of stuff. That time uh, we were driving around at night downtown. And there are all those, like, girls, like, from, like, Zan the Club, uh, like, sitting on the sidewalk, and we were doing Seinfeld. The oh, yeah. You can't sit. You gotta you walk. walk. It's a sidewalk, not a side sit. sit. <laughs> it got to the point where you were just, like, sticking your head out the window at anyone downtown yeah. going, you can't sit. <laughs> You're gonna walk. Yeah. It's really easy to do Seinfeld that way. You yeah. just pick something. <laughs> yep. like. Um, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of driving around downtown yelling at drunk people. That was always fun. Yeah, always a good time. Springfield is also this really fun thing, which I know you, you experienced more so growing up there, Chance, but just really fun, uh, thing of college kids and then like towny teenagers yep. hanging out in the square. Messy kiddos. Yeah. Just fucking around. Yeah. yeah and then like. You know, uh, uh, the unhoused folks yeah. who are in the mix yeah. <laughs> and, and I usually have their own kind of <laughs> issues de- to deal, deal with. going. Yeah. yeah. I was one of those like ratty teens that would like hang out downtown and like, uh, like, like eh, look at the college kids, fucking dorks going to the bar. Why yeah. don't you go play pretend? <laughs> like, right. like Why don't you go play zombies and aliens in the parking garage? <laughs> Why, you pussies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. So it was always like you you drive through downtown Springfield and you never knew quite what you were going to get. Correct. Remember Chubby's or Tubby's? Tubby's. Tubby's. R.I.P. One of the best restaurants ever. It was a it was let me see, it was a greasy spoon like diner style restaurant 
on the wrong side of the tracks in like West Springfield. Yeah. And the guy who ran it was Tubby. It was his name. And uh, he it was you. It was one of those joints where you paid like six dollars for a cheeseburger and the burger was the size of a hubcap. Oh, we would always get that. Um, pork tenderloin sandwich that was like legitimately like the size of a laptop. Yeah, like with three fries pounds for four ninety nine. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I wonder and why they like, went out of business. Yeah, Tubby, you could charge like eight nine bucks for this. Yeah, easy, <laughs> and people will buy it. They had a, a doll, a Hillary Clinton doll, hanging from a noose. Uh, yeah. Also, at the yeah. front, so it was one of those places one that of those. we didn't love that part of it. But the food was for the price. Come on. Um. Yeah, plenty of good haunts in Springfield. What was that? What was the slide, Sliders place? Uh, it's called. It's just called. It used to be called Whistlers. Whistlers. But now they call it Sliders because I guess some other restaurant in like Camdenton is called sl- Whistlers. And yeah, they but it's sued. always Whistlers to me. Correct. Um. Yeah, that was a good drunk place too. Good places, good times. Uh, better, better people, better pizza. Papa John's. Papa John's. Did you and you were not you uh, similar to me were not in a fraternity, but you were. It's almost as if you were socially in a fraternity. Yeah, I hung so out with the guys of Fiji quite a bit uh, through our friend Caleb Caleb Daniel. Caleb Daniel. Um, and got to know those guys pretty well. I didn't go to a whole lot of their parties. Like I know you went to Pie Cat parties. Pie Cat yeah. parties are a little less threatening than a Fiji party. Correct. At least yeah. at that point. Yeah. Um, they do a little more bittery. Yeah. Uh, Pie Cat parties. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fiji parties are were pretty serious. Um, yeah. So I didn't go to, and I didn't. I didn't really party in college anyway. I well, let's talk about my twenty first birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I mean, I would certainly, <laughs> I would certainly go out and drink. Uh, I would obviously the improv festivals. I would do that, but you, it wasn't really in tur- until I turned twenty one that I would. Yeah, drink. you would take bottles of like vodka and be like, "Oh, I got a water bottle," and like guzzle like from the bottle. Yeah, I would get the the flat pint bottles of Smirnoff, yeah. the, the homeless person bottles, <laughs> right, as exactly. I call them, and I would drink half of it straight. Yep. And then I would pour Sprite into it, and that was my little mixer drink, <laughs> and I'd drink it out of the bottle. Jesus, yeah. Well, and at my 21st birthday party at the Normal House, 701 East Normal Street in Springfield, Missouri. Go check it out. Give it a, 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 a 21-gun salute or something. It's a, an iconic building. If town. it has not sunken into the ground by now, I'll give you $20. <laughs> it's still there. Somebody told me. Somebody tried to tell me that it's gone, like it got demolished, and I was like, certainly not. And my my last trip home, I drove by, still going strong. I think a family might live there now. I saw some little kids' toys Oof. like in the yard. I'm like, Oof. oh, poor kiddos. If these walls could talk. <laughs> right. If these walls could talk, they'd be committed to an insane asylum. Yeah. And uh, we, my 21st birthday, I drank a whole like fifth of Patron that Nick bought me because I was like all about tequila back then. I was just like sipping on this Patron, going crazy. And you also got very lit up at that party to the point where... You destroyed two pieces of property, the first being a DVD copy of The Guardians of Gahool, and you yeeted it into the night, never to be seen again. I literally grabbed it off the shelf, stomped to the back deck, opened the door, and went, yay! It's just gone. I never found it. Yeah, it disappeared. And then you also took a sledgehammer 
and smashed my plastic deck chairs. <laughs> to which I came out and said, what are you doing? And you said, how much are they worth? I'll pay you for them. I'll pay you for them. That, that act gets pinned on me a lot, but Chance did pull out the sledgehammer first. I had, well, Look, I had a sledgehammer going at that party for several hours. Because you were doing a Triple H bit. Yes. I which wrestling is a whole other thing we could get into. Jesus, but yeah. Um, you were doing a Triple H bit, and you. the reason I went outside is because Darian came up to me and said, Chance is outside punching a tree. <laughs> and you were, That's like, true. That's true. you were like fist fighting a tree outside. Yeah, I was ripping limbs off of a tree and yeah. like punching the, bu- punching the, the, the bark. Yeah. yeah, so I brought the sledgehammer out, and I don't, I don't know, something came over me, and I just had to smash those <laughs> deck chairs. And then... The next morning, the very next morning, <laughs> this is the part. I went to I went to Home Depot and I bought two new chairs and it cost me like forty five dollars, and I shouldn't have done that. You okay? And here's where we argue. <laughs> you destroyed my property. You go and fix it. I could have shit on those chairs and never used them. You did a bad. Go and fix it. These chairs. So I, so all the listeners know, were caked in like bird shit and like. <laughs> tree cum and that's all that was like you could no one sat in it i sat on them a couple times i would read books out there this is why study this is why i should have not bought you new chairs you owe me 45 dollars. i don't (laughs) oh i just tooted hey (laughs) sorry we had a we had a big lunch before this yeah so is there any other big college uh big college things that you want to uh break into we certainly have a lot the first time we ever like officially hung out was to watch the SNL 40th anniversary special. Oh, remember man. That? Yeah, that was a At good your one. apartment, and that was when we finally, like, buried the hatchet of being mad at each other. Yeah. That was in my sad garden apartment on Battlefield and National. <laughs> yep. Which is not really that close to the college campus at all. Nope. It's like a 12 or 13 minute drive away. Yeah. And that's where our bit, hi, snap, bap, started. Yeah. Yeah, there's this. If you uh, if you go back and watch the SNL 40th, I doubt it's included. Right, so it was like the pre-show. Like yeah, they red were carpet. They special. were doing like red carpet stuff, and uh, they get to Chevy Chase, whose brain is mostly worms at this point. Yeah, pudding. And they're like, Snapchat was like doing a sponsorship thing, and the person behind the camera was like, Chevy, say hi, Snapchat, and he just like like a lost old man, like looks at the camera and he just goes. Hi, snap, bap. <laughs> like, what, dude? That was the funniest thing that happened all night. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, that was a good time. You, uh, what was it like being student governor? Wild. Yeah. Wild. I was part of conversations I never thought I would have been a part of. You were the highest ranking student yeah. at that university. So, at least in the state of Missouri, every uh, university is run by a board of Sometimes they're called curators, sometimes they're called regents, sometimes they're called governors. It's like the the executive board. The president, the uh the president's not included, the um the provost, what are the other words I'm thinking of for like the dean of students? Dean, yeah, the dean. Yeah. All those people are not included on the board. This is separate. It's like alumni who are notable in the community. They have to get uh uh appointed to the board by the governor of the state, all this kind of stuff. So at least in the state of Missouri, every board has to have a student member to like represent the student viewpoint. So I applied for it when I first got there, sophomore year. Like as soon as I got there, I applied for it. And whatever, went through the whole 
uh, process, long story boring, I got appointed by Governor Jay Nixon, Jeremiah W. Nixon, of... Uh, gross. <laughs> of Missouri, <laughs> of Missouri. Yeah, um, to be fair. <laughs> uh, as the student governor to the Missouri State Board of Governors. So I would go to these meetings and where they were talking about like budget approvals and a lot of it was like kind of boring flim flam stuff, like legal speak. But they did a lot of like development. Any 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 big decision at the university had to go through the board, and I didn't have a vote. But I they would always ask me like, "What do you think students think?" So it was my job to like go out and talk to my fellow students about stuff that was going on. You're the voice of the people. Sorry, people. I was the voice of the people. Sorry, people. <laughs> That's Conan O'Brien's Twitter bio. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> And uh, that ended very abruptly and terribly as well, because I tried <laughs> to, I tried to, uh, again, long story boring, but there was a big push to, at that time, junior year, because I think you give it up when you're a junior. It's like a two-year uh, appointment, and you give it up when you're a junior, and you have to, you know, suggest someone else whatever whole thing who ended up being Tyree Davis the fourth hello Tyree Sh- hello Ty- hello chance <laughs> um, but uh, there was a big push at the time to get stricter gun policy on college campuses like no concealed carry yeah. all that kind of Which stuff you were very against you love guns. Yeah, yeah. I thought people you, you I thought the students ought to be armed. Yeah, there should be a bucket of guns at the front door. No, but I brought all this research and like all this. We were going to do a letter writing campaign and all this kind of stuff. And I brought it up to the board. And there's like clearly like a handful of Republic, like hardcore Republicans on the board because they have to like go, you know, across the spectrum. And they were pissed. And like one of them went off on me in this board meeting and I got up and left. Like I just walked out. And that that was the last time I had ever interacted with any of them. Wow. Yeah. But while it was happening, like before any of that. It was very cool. Yeah. Like, I got to be a part of cool stuff. I got invited everywhere the board got invited to. So, I got to do, like, special stuff for homecoming. You know, I got to, like, I don't know, just enjoy a luxurious time. They Position. Gave me, they gave me a special parking pass. I could it was park. A God pass. It was the God pass. It. Yeah. I could park anywhere on campus. It was awesome. That's sick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You were sort of, uh, and we all sort of like you, myself and Caleb, the three of us all were the same, like, like in high school, we were the guy that people went to for things like you need to come and host this. You need to be like the, like the guy. And it was cool that we were all in, in our own sort of ways able to recreate that at the at a big state school. Yeah. Uh, I think it just goes to show we had uh, something special going yeah. on there, especially between the three of us. We did host a an acapella group Christmas concert. Yes, we did. Where the Hyper fam- Notes. Where I famously said the fuck word on stage. We <laughs> we were asked to host this, this acapella concert. They're like, we want the three of you to come and just do some comedy bits in between our songs, introduce stuff, yada, 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 general hosting gig things. 
it's very important though that it like be like kind of PG PG thirteen because like kids and our families is like a big thing for like grandparents, families, kids to come to because it's like it was like I think like a Christmas pageant of some kind because we started this the, the night out with a sketch where it was like you had we found a big bag backstage <laughs> yeah. and it was just like oh let's do like a Santa Claus thing where you have a bunch of like stuff in the bag yeah. And you like got frustrated with the bag halfway through the sketch, and just were like, "Get this fucking thing out of here!" You like <laughs> threw it off stage, not so realizing. Immediately, you said "fuck," yeah. and then we didn't recover for the rest of the night. And no, then, we didn't. Was it me who said afterwards, as we were leaving? I said, uh, "We we came to this conclusion as a unit, but I, it was one of you. us." I said, they wanted Ryan Seacrest. They got three John Lovitzes. <laughs> <laughs> we sincerely never recovered from me saying fuck. And I thought at the time, I was like, oh, nobody heard that. Everyone <laughs> heard it immediately. What a, what yeah, a time, I, what a place. I ruined that Christmas concert. You certainly did. We also... Uh, did you and I did twelve hours consecutively of improvisational comedy together outside of doors? Outside of doors, covered in sunlight, yeah. we stood on a stage and busked for cash for uh, Harmony, Harmony House, House. Yeah. which is a women's shelter in Springfield. Yeah. Uh, and we were the only two on the team that were like, "We are clearing our schedules. We are not going to class." We are going to be out here doing improv this entire time. And we tried to make a schedule with everybody, but people were famously like, Oh, but I like, can't. Uh, oh, I got to go to my geography class. I'm a little bit tired today. Yeah. Oh, I got to go do my shift at Kmart or whatever. You, you, you said earlier that theater kids are the most put upon people in the yeah, world. <laughs> yeah. They're just always like, oh, I can't. I, gotta, <laughs> I need to go lay. One thing that I uh, remember from that, and I, I recently recounted this story to a friend who posted a photo of this person. We did not prepare for this, you and I, being outside at all. Nope. So we no sunscreen. Have, we didn't have any sunscreen on or any. I mean, we were wearing like T-shirts. I was wearing a hat yep. because famously, and I've said the word famously a thousand <laughs> times on this podcast, uh, but I wore a backwards flat bill, which was my go-to uh, attire for a while. Yeah. And I had a line across my forehead. Just for, a perfect straight for line. For like two straight weeks. Yeah. Yep. Where it was red and then white. But- Natalie Gorman ran across, she like ran to her car and drove to her apartment across town to get us some sunscreen and yep. brought it to us. Yep. She was like, what are you guys doing out here? <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. So shout, shout out, Natalie. out Natalie Gorman. Thank you. Thank you very much, Nat. Yeah. Yeah, uh, one time I was walking to a party on Lawrence Street, and Natalie lived like in a house near where the party was, and I was walking by and with some friends, and she was sitting out on her front yard, and I like looked frazzled, and I was like, hey, Natalie, are you okay? She was like, uh, someone just tried to break into my house while I was inside of it, and I went, holy shit, what? And then I went in to like... She, I was like, here, let me go inside with you and like, let's go check it out. And me and a couple other fellows went in there and like, yeah, somebody had like tried to kick in the back door, but didn't it didn't work. So they had left and we stayed there with her until her boyfriend showed up. And I always remember <laughs> the energy because, you know, she was the, the guy she was dating at the time was very much just like a like a John Deere, like fish hook on the on the flat bill, like yeah. tall, like baseball player looking motherfucker. Yeah. The energy that he came into the room with was very much, all right, you guys can get away from my girlfriend now. Yeah. And we were like, hey, man. 
<laughs> we were doing your job for you. We were trying to be kind boys, but all right, see you later. Oh, I love dudes. Dudes rock. Remember, well, you and I used to uh, go out uh, and hit the town, or like when we'd be at P bar and stuff with people. And Doyle and I, whenever we'd see guys like that, or like guys wearing like affliction, like like an affliction style guy, or like a like a frat guy from a movie, like those like douche boys, like out in public, we would like look at them and then look at each other and go. Whoa! <laughs> is that what is that what you want us Whoa, to do? Whoa! Look like, at that guy. Right? That's secretly what these guys want. They want <laughs> other men to go. Oh, holy shit! It's him. And the women to go. Oh! <laughs> we saw a guy one time that was wearing like I don't know it was some you know short sleeve button up patterned with like a dragon or like flames or something yeah. and chance goes that's the guitarist from hinder <laughs> <laughs> and he was and that's who it was we also one time were leaving an improv show in carrington auditorium where we did our shows and it was like me and doyle and maybe one other person i don't know if it, it might have been just the two of us let's say it was connor malone let's say it was connor malone <laughs> shout out connor malone i hope you're well yeah and we were walking out of the building, and this like group of like eight like alpha male looking frat guys were walking past. Like we were like walking towards them. We were about to pass each other, and Doyle looked at them and went, "What do you guys want to fight?" <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, "What the fuck you said? Like, what, what, you can go well, down. What's up, you, what, what, yeah. what's up, dude?" And we all just started laughing and got the fuck out of there. Caleb. Caleb Daniel has a good uh, story about that uh, and me, and if he is ever on this podcast, I hope he, he tells it, uh, but I'm going to tell it also. Good. <laughs> was, we were doing something, and I was trying to get through a group of those same type of guys, uh-huh. and we were inside the Plaster Student Union, uh, which is like this you know student union building. Oh, the Plaster Student Union is the student union <sighs> building? On, no dude. shit, Sherlock. Come on, dude. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was like trying to get... Like they were, I, what I needed was on the other side of them. Yes. So I had to go through them, and I just, I just, as I was walking up to him, I go, ah, got to get through the gauntlet here. <laughs> and they were like, <laughs> "What the fuck, dude?" I'm gonna kick your ass just for saying that, yeah. bro. Ah, I got to get through the gauntlet here. Yeah, I loved like fighting people like that. Yeah, uh, guys like that, because you know, famously, I'm a wild animal, uh, sort yeah. of. And which well, I just like talking to those guys and looking them in the eyes. <laughs> Yeah. Because their whole thing is like, you shouldn't address me. Right. I'm like a little king. <laughs> I'm much bigger and better than you. Yeah. So just being like, what's up, man? Right. <laughs> like, directly, like, they're like, like oh. hey, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I like touching those guys hard and fast uh, with fists. I haven't fought anybody in a long time, and that is a good thing, I think, because now I'm at the age where I'll go to jail if I fight people. Yeah. I was back then, too, but what are you going to do? So, which <laughs> segues perfectly into Chicago. Yeah. You graduated from Missouri State University, uh, summa cum laude, and <laughs> I graduated. Thank you, Lottie. Ah, <laughs> too old boy. We just kill ourselves right now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you, <laughs> you went back to because uh, me, Caleb, and a uh, few other uh, of, of the core boys were all still there for another year, and you went back to St. Louis <laughs> and became a member of our libraries. <laughs> I worked at a library. <laughs> I was I was Doyle, a librarian. Doyle worked at a library, and one day, offhandedly, was just like, "Oh yeah, there was a post in our libraries," and we went, "What?" He's like, "It's the it's the librarian subreddit," <laughs> and we to this day haven't let him live that down. 
But what do you guys fucking hate li- literature, <laughs> literacy? And here he goes. <laughs> so, but then uh, me and the boys have the best senior year of all time while he sits on the sidelines and watches. And I'm sure that was really good for you um, to see. Uh, yeah, it was great. I know how it felt. Is what I'm, is what <laughs> I'm poking really fun. fun time. No, we it was you know about the same, and uh, we graduate, and then you guys didn't want to live with me in Chicago. Do you remember that? Who's you guys? You, Bryce, and Caleb. There was a conversation where Chance isn't. <laughs> this isn't a gotcha moment. <laughs> Am but, I getting gotcha? Right, but there was definitely. Do you not remember? There was a moment where it was like we don't know if Chance is going to be able to support himself in Chicago, so we don't necessarily want to have him in on our plans. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I think probably every combination of people in that group of four had that conversation about one other person. Probably. Not the same circumstances of, like, maybe he can't support himself, but, like, right. do we really want to live with Doyle? We know he is a grumpy piece of shit sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Do we want to live with Caleb? We know he's a pageant queen sometimes. <laughs> right. You know. We all have our little quirks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, any literally any roommates, anybody who lives together. Ever. Ever. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. It all worked out to yeah, where yeah. me and the boys graduated less than two weeks later. We uh, filled up a U-Haul and headed to St. Louis, picked you up. And then let's talk about you and I's very first memory in the city of Chicago. Oh, you Tell mean, the story from your perspective. You mean capital T, capital I, the incident. Correct, sir. 28-foot-long <laughs> U-Haul. So twenty the longest one. Yep, twenty eight foot long U haul. We are driving on, I guess it's still Highway fifty five uh, into Chicago, and at one point, uh, you're you're pointed towards the the lake, and fifty five splits off into Lakeshore Drive North and Lakeshore Drive South. So the Lakeshore Drive North lane has a big yellow sign. A <laughs> hundred feet tall. hundred feet tall. <laughs> underneath the Lakeshore Drive North, you know, marking that says in all capital letters, <laughs> no trucks. No trucks. And I look at Chance and sincerely say, that can't mean us, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then me, 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 uh, uh, fucking thing one and thing two. <laughs> I say smart. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> Because I was thinking, oh, they just mean like no semis, which is we were effectively which is a what we were in. <laughs> yeah. So what what they wanted us to do was go Lakeshore Drive South, and we, I mean, our apartment was like just north of Lakeview. Any anybody who doesn't live in Chicago doesn't know or care. But uh, to go south would take us out of the way. Yeah. And me, yep. I wanted to get there. <laughs> so what it wanted us to do was go Lakeshore Drive South, loop around up the Kennedy. I think. Yeah. On the highway. So what I do instead is go <laughs> go onto the Lakeshore Drive <laughs> North ramp, and it takes you from 55 onto Lakeshore Drive, but you have to drive on this left curve ramp that has median walls up on either side. And <laughs> they're about wide enough to let a, a small SUV pass through them. It was like putting a dachshund into a Pringles can. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like we we were, not, and this is not uh, exaggerating, 
a like a millimeter away on either side from yeah. completely blocking like sh- like like northbound traffic onto Lakeshore Drive. Yeah. yeah. And I was white knuckling and made it happen. I did what I do. Papa took care of business. Correct, correct, and got correct. It but I learned after the fact that if you're driving a truck on Lakeshore Drive, they can like take your license away. Yeah, and like a ten thousand dollar fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know how we we took that thing on the S curve. That's what I was, <laughs> was going to say. We had to go up on the S curve with a U-Haul. <laughs> we went our our truck took over like three lanes of traffic while we were turning and almost killed a bunch of people. Yeah, we get off onto Irving Park and we like barely fit under like the underpass. There's a homeless man standing on the corner going. Oh, you got, he's too like, short. Like, like too short. Oh my God. Oh, because oh. the bridge is too short for trucks because yeah. you're not supposed to have trucks on Lakeshore Drive. Correct. So we somehow made it under that. And uh, then I carried one box upstairs and my back went out. Yeah, his back went out. <laughs> we have four boyos worth of stuff. <laughs> To unload into this apartment up three flights of stairs, and Doyle picks up one small box and goes, "All right, I'll meet you guys up there." And he comes back down, going, "Ah, ah, ah fuck, dude! I don't know, I don't know, dude! I, it's my back, though." Ah, ah, ah! And then he directed traffic for the, for the rest of the day. <laughs> hey, who didn't who didn't drive? All of our wares up to Chicago. Sure, yeah. The three of you. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, you got to sit in an air-conditioned car and then have 15 <laughs> minutes of stress. Yeah, that's... Uh, uh, but, but to be fair, you went and got the pizza and the beer, which is what you do when you... I move. also did sincerely hurt my back, and it wasn't a box. I was carrying... I was helping Bryce carry a dresser or something. Uh-huh. I'd like to see a doctor's note from those days. Well... <laughs> well, you can't, and no. you won't. Yeah, and then we get to Chicago. We all start doing improv classes in separate classes, very on purpose, because we're like, we want to meet new people, we want to make new friends, and uh, I'm uh, going to be sick of you boys, probably. Yeah. Started doing that. Uh, Which was good. There was a second where we were like, should we all take the same class? And right. And we were like, could, no. Could you have imagined if we did that? No uh, one would have spoken with us. Though We did all three, me, you, and Caleb have... Level five together. We did have one. You and I had Kyle Bethea's class together, which was, I think, level four. Shout out, Kyle Bethea. Shout out, Kyle Bethea. Yeah, I think that was level four. Oh, and then I had level five with Caleb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, uh, you got pretty involved with the crowd also. R.I.P. Mm. the crowd. Let's R. talk R. about the crowd Shout a little out. bit here. Weird, dirty church attic theater. Goofy uh, little... Yeah, I mean, the crowd is truly, I think, what... I think probably what like early IO was. Mm-hmm. Like Just probably weird, weird like, shit. Yeah, weird people in a f- stuff. I mean, anyone who's been to the crowd knows there should have been no more than ten people in that space. And, and often there would be ninety. Oh, often there would yeah. be ninety. <laughs> we chance recently told the the story, which is a, a third hand story from Blair Britt or Taylor. Yeah, or yeah there's Taylor. Yeah, who said that the like. County commissioner, whoever it was, the, the building the inspector. inspector came through and was like, you have how many people up here <laughs> on a regular basis? Yep. Yeah, the the crowd shut down a week before the pandemic shut down all the other theaters. And it was this very sad thing, but it kind of was like a precursor to what was 
to come. And uh, yeah. Well, I think it's good that they got out of it and didn't try to operate through COVID. Right. Because they wouldn't have made it. Not, no. Not because yeah. it's not a good space, but just because it's too. it was too small. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, and we had, like, Midnight Night was a very fun show. Like, you once did an all-stone-cold Steve Austin improv team mm-hmm. set mm-hmm. there. Uh, and in, in front of the stage at the same time, two men were building uh, Ikea furniture. Yes. That was one of the bits was that just they were building Ikea furniture through the whole show. Yep. And the act that preceded Stone Cold Steve Austin prov was Minion prov. Perfect. People dressed as minions. A perfect herald. A perfect herald. Yeah. And uh, yeah, what what do you want to say about your sh- your time in Chicago? Loved it. Had a good time. Learned a lot. Like I said, did did everything that I wanted to do. Performed at Second City, the IO Cage Match thing. We can talk yeah. about Cage Match for a we, minute, but um, we broke the world record at the IO Cage Match, longest running uh, champions. We are the best. Count it, best indie team in the city. That's the official <laughs> uh, marker for yeah. what that means. And then the ver- the group that dethroned us beat the record that we set. Correct, which is yeah. hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it felt it was a real accomplishment at the time. I think still is a real accomplishment. We we dethroned uh, LL Cool Beans. Yeah, fuck all of them. Uh, fuck all of them forever. I don't know if any of them would listen to this uh, at all. I can't imagine. And any I of them and would. I. And I don't really care if they do because I'm not in the scene anymore and you're truly not in the scene anymore either. They were sincerely very rude. Yeah. And like not cool to us. Not cool to <laughs> us. We're like making posts about like wanting to like like hurt us. Like not physically, but like like we we don't want these guys to do well. Well, there was that one fucking guy. What's his name? Jordan something? I don't The leader guy that had yeah, like a little. Yeah, bandana. Yeah, I don't remember his name, but I do remember a friend of ours who I won't name names, but a friend of ours matched with him on Tinder, and he sent the message like, hey, me and my girlfriend are thinking about bringing another oh. into the bedroom. Would you like to come out and like check the vibe or whatever? <laughs> so. Anyway, if you're the guy from LL Cool Beans that wore the bandana all the time, you are a fucking knob. <laughs> <laughs> and I want you to know that if you ever come to St. Louis, Missouri, I will fight you. I'll put you on the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, I can we can talk shit like that because I'm I don't, I'm don't give a shit about comedy anymore. Um, sure, yeah, yeah. But, Ruin uh, my career. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, we played a lot of really fun teams. I mean that that was it was a chore after like the. Tw- Tenth week to, yeah, to yeah, go yeah. and do that because it was a ten thirty show on a Wednesday. Yeah, and I am again famously a grumpy old codger. I mm-hmm. do not. I mean, I think that's honestly part of why I didn't make it or want to make it in comedy was it's just too late. Yeah, <laughs> it's just who's got the time? Who can be doing a midnight show at you know Uncle Chungus's fuck fuck shack <laughs> yeah. or whatever the, the corn servatory. <laughs> yeah but we had a good time i think that first year is very special to me still like on bittersweet uh i almost murdered our neighbors i don't regret any of of anything i you know was a part of in chicago it was very fun and it just was was time for me to go and do something else yeah we lived on bittersweet with uh I keep saying I murdered our neighbors. A fraternity from DePaul moved in across the hallway from us in our little three-floor walk-up, and they well, used... yeah, to be fair, they didn't move in. They just used that space for parties and hazing. Right. So they were having parties, like, multiple, like, weeknights and shit. One night, 
I fell asleep intoxicated and uh, sleepwalked uh, out of my bed, out of my room, in my underwear uh, with a knife and tried... Or I, I I achieved a knife. I gained a knife along the way and acquired, uh, as, as some people say. And I went out onto our little back like stairwell that we shared, like the back door like to our place was right next to the back door to their place. And allegedly, because uh, I don't remember any of this, I was trying to jimmy their door open, uh, uh, probably to go in there and kill them. Yeah, Caleb woke me up from a dead sleep and said, chances having a mental breakdown or something. <laughs> and we went back there and shine the light on you and the light caught your eyes like a like a leopard. Right, like an animal, <laughs> yeah. And uh, we were like, Chance, what are you doing? And you like growled at us. And we're like, Chance, what are you doing? Uh, and you said, they owe me a thousand dollars. And I always say, had that door been unlocked, they're lucky they locked it because had that door been unlocked, I'd have gotten in there and I'd have, I'd have got my thousand. Yeah, Chance <laughs> would have gotten his money one way or another. That's true. But yeah, we had some good times. Thanksgiving. Yeah, we, we had a little Friendsgiving. That was nice. We, we made the bird. We, we made did. the turkey. We cooked and the bird. Turned out spectacular. You and I had one of our famous disagreements at the grocery store that morning. That uh, Here's the thing about Chance, dude, <laughs> is... Anybody who's hung out with him will know this. If it is before 2 p.m., Chance has to have a tall, not in Starbucks terms, but a big, brimming cup <laughs> of black coffee with no lid. Yep. And he just carries it around and like loose. doesn't actually drink it loose like a professor. <laughs> so we were trying to get groceries at Jewel Osco. Shout out to the great Jewel Osco. Shout out, Jewel. And Chance is carrying around this fucking lidless, giant, brimming, hot coffee. Yep. And I'm like, hey, can you help out maybe a little <laughs> bit? He's got like I one was hand. carrying two bags. He's got one hand to do things. Uh, we also laughed very hard that day when we saw Jim Thanksgiving. That's where the beef was squashed because often these arguments ended very quickly. And this one was ended by a grown man sprinting as fast as he could. Flat foot running. Flat foot running in jeans and like a, a button down shirt down the middle of the street. <laughs> And I said, that's Jim Thanksgiving. <laughs> and you said, where are you headed? <laughs> uh, yeah. Things you can only see in Chicago. True. We had a nice time and uh, nothing bad will ever happen to either of us because we're going to live forever. I got to drive back to St. Louis, man. You do have to. You, Doyle has to hop on the road uh, here soon. Well, uh, we are coming to the to the natural end of this, the longest episode of this show. How long have we been talking? By about? far, over two and a half hours. No one will listen to it. Correct. This is one. This one's for me. This <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. I talk, oh, I'll listen back to it. Yeah, yeah. I talk about this show a lot. Uh, it to like off mic with people where it's like a lot of these early episodes because I want to do this show for a long time. A lot of these early episodes are. It's an excuse for A, me to get good at like talking to people and interviewing yeah. and being on mic, and B, to have a recorded like conversation with my closest friends. Oh, sure, yeah. So this is going to be like a special thing when we're old and gray. Listen back. Yeah, pop open a couple old styles, and you know, if the alien overlords are allowing it uh, at that point. And we'll think, wow, we were so low down on the mountain at that point. And right. we thought we had passed all the peaks. Right. But the the biggest were yet ahead of us. That's right. And in that spirit, I'll ask the final question of the episode, and you know what's coming as a as an avid listener. If you could go back in time to a past version of Caleb Austin Doyle, 
uh, when he was at his most lost, his most directionless, could have been 10 years ago, could have been last week. If you could go back in time and give that version of Doyle any sort of advice or anything like that, impart some wisdom concisely, what would you say? Um, relax. Just relax. Yeah. Which I have, have done quite a bit. Again, medication and therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Two good things. Uh, and also, I think I am at a place where I'm at my most lost, you know. Oh, you're in it right now. Yeah, I don't really know yeah. what the next step is. I'm doing the, the eight and skate, you know. Um, who knows what's next? I want to do things. Where, where's the world going? We don't know. All that sort of thing. So I think just one thing I remind myself currently and, and one thing that I would impart upon myself in the past is relax. Just chill. You know, it'll you can control what you can control. All that sort of thing. Yep. You famously need to relax. Famously. Fantastic. Wait, why well, did I folks, start saying that? When? I don't know. <laughs> what am I? Your, your producer? <laughs> You're my biographer at this point. All right. Well, thank you for doing the episode. Uh, what's your social media? T- t- tell the people where they or tell the kids where they can find you. No. <laughs> okay. Wanna, uh, oh, that's right. You are a you're an anonymous person on social media. I am anonymous on social media. Uh, right. You can find me on Instagram at Levon Helm Fan Club. Levon Helm, the drummer from the band, uh, at Levon Helm Fan Club. Follow me on Instagram. I post mostly photos of sunsets taken through the Huji app. All right. Well, that was very inspiring. Uh, Thanks for doing the show. Uh, I hope you have a good drive back. And uh, hey, God bless you. I'm going to crash my car and it'll all be your fault. Yeah, probably. <laughs>